Welcome back. My name is Steve. It's me just alone once again. If you haven't heard, uh, Chris had his baby over the weekend. Yay! Andy is on vacation. We hope he's having a good time. So that just leaves little old me to hear the man the podcast. Uh, so what we're doing this week in anticipation of Rings of Power coming out later this month is we are re-releasing our Lord of the Rings extended edition coverage that was previously only available on the Patreon. That's right. We are making a formerly exclusive Patreon episode free for everyone. Uh, if you like our silly, irreverent humor where we make silly voices and just have a ball, these episodes are just for you. Before we get in uh, to those episodes, I do have a little bit of housekeeping to do right at the top. I forgot to mention it on Monday, but we are currently having a contest. If you are an iOS user, you can download the app Q, spelled Q-U-E-U-E. U-E. Download that. It's similar to like, it's kind of like a letterbox where you can uh, rate films, you can rate TV shows, you can queue them up. And then if you're sitting at home one night and you don't know what to watch, it has a nice little spinner and you click that and it'll spin all the things you have in your queue and it'll let, and, and it'll decide for you what you should watch. So it's a fun, it's definitely a fun little app, but our contest, uh, if you would like to win, or, or I'm sorry, if you would like to earn the opportunity Forgive me, you have to earn this opportunity to dictate an entire episode of streaming things. So that means if you win this contest, you get to tell Chris, Andy, and I a movie that we have to watch and review. You will have that power. If you want a chance at that power, you have to download the Q app. Again, that's Q-U-E-U-E. Download that, and you have to follow Chris. Uh, Chris is at Movies Are Therapy. So follow him. Uh, then you just have to either take a screenshot proving that you followed him or email us uh, your user account just so we can verify that yes, you indeed are following us. Uh, and you email that to the show that is streaming things pod at gmail.com. So email that proof to us. Uh, make sure now this is important. Make sure when you email us, the subject line is Q, Q, U, E. U E. So be sure that's there. Uh, and that will enter you a chance to win the opportunity to tell us what we have to watch. And this, this contest is going to be going on for at least another more week. Uh, one more week, maybe another two weeks. Um, again, you can, uh, if you like episodes like this, this is a Patreon episode. If you like what you hear, you can always become a patron by going to streaming things. Or I'm sorry, by going to patreon.com slash streaming things. And uh, we have a variety of tiers there. If you want to listen to the bonus episodes, that starts at the $5 tier. Uh, we do have a $1 tier, but that just means you are a patron, which we will shout out at the end of the episode. So tune in for that. Um, again, you can follow, you can email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. The the, the podcast Twitter is at streamthingpod. Chris's Twitter is uh, Movies Are Therapy. Andy is at Andy Most Days. And I am at Steve May 13. Uh, and I think that uh, just about does it for the housekeeping. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you really enjoy uh, this really fun episode about Lord of the Rings at Two Towers. And stay tuned for next week when we come back in full force. And uh, without further ado, let's take it away. Kick. 
Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the shield that guards against the realms of men. I forgot the intro. Patreon edition. (laughs) Doesn't matter. It's a special edition anyway. After hours. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this, you are one of the uh, trusted few supporting us in this endeavor. We have actually labored long and intensely today. Much like the defenders of Helm's Deep, we Mm. have sat amongst you bearing shields and swords and other various steel weaponry accoutrements. Let this finally be the hour which we draw mics together. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) We just labored away, eaten taste of Belgium. We went through three different DoorDash restaurants before we found one that actually sent us food. Forever. We watched the extended edition, close to four hours of Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. And now it's nearing midnight Eastern time. And we're just now getting to sit down at the microphones to discuss what we have just seen. Who knows what time it'll be when we finish. And it is also your birthday. It, it, well, is it still? Well, it is still. It, it is still. It is. As of recording, not when you're listening to this listener, but as we're recording right now, it's Chris's birthday. It is my birthday. And an even more auspicious event has occurred. I love how I always have this cadence after we watch Lord of the Rings when we do the <laughs> podcast. I'm like, an even more auspicious event. Dear gentlemen, this what is what you have me do. <laughs> this is the first episode I have ever recorded with a shaved head as a bald man. <laughs> I was true. joking. I didn't know no, that was that's going. where I was going. So for my birthday, aged 33 or in Ireland, they would say turty tree. That's what I've turned to turty tree in Ireland. I've turned turty tree. And I decided to, you know, everybody knows I had a, a terrible hairline. Uh, if the wind blew the wrong way, it was just... All of these audio listeners totally knew that. Well, they yeah, live streamed. These are Patreon subscribers. So okay. they certainly perused my photos. <laughs> <laughs> and without a doubt. They're definitely also OnlyFans on your OnlyFans account. 100% <laughs> double subscribers. We call that cross-addicted. Uh, cross-addicted. So... <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, I just decided, you know what? I, I know a lot of gentlemen that just shave their heads and they look great. And uh, maybe I could be one of those. And it would be the utility of it attracted me. No barbers, not to worry about wind or rain, just always ready for battle. Uh, so I did it. And I am completely a shaved pate, as one of the fantasy novels would call me. Uh, I've shaved my pate. You look good, dude. Your pate like looks it. great. Your pate. Looks great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Put that on my tombstone. So as I discussed, uh, we have just watched Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. And by the way, if you're listening to this, you're already subscribed to Patreon, so I don't need to pitch any of that. But please do message us on that app or uh, send us an email. It's dreamingthingspod at gmail.com. Uh, give us a call at the voicemail. Let us know how you're doing. You can even write us an old-fashioned letter and send it to P.O. Box 69420. That's 69420. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was, I was about to be like, whoa. <laughs> You guys have been Oh, my God. And you picked a dope-ass P.O. Right. Box address. Some of you have already reached out in the, on Patreon, so thank you. Love you so much. And Zachary, I know you guys definitely did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also thank you to Carmeline and Phil, because you guys are also Patreons. And Producers. Early adopters. Yes. And like the first investors in Tesla, you will soon be wealthy and nerd- community knowledge the streaming thing stock is yeah. going to the moon <laughs> <laughs> all right let's jump right in so we just literally just stopped watching the two towers uh we are exhausted and yet invigorated by its girthy cinematic loveliness join us um, for this int boot this yeah this, 
<laughs> Welcome to Ent Moon 2021, baby. <laughs> That'd be the worst podcast ever. Uh, so this well, film was originally <laughs> released true. on December the 19th, 2010. Ent Moon <laughs> 2020. One. Subscribe. Oh my God! Can you, you imagine, imagine the YouTube channel? Smash that like button. Click the bell. Because <laughs> we don't record a video unless it's important enough to record a video. I just pictured, hey guys, it's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy, Tree Beard. <laughs> hey guys, it's your boy, Tree Beard. <laughs> Today's guest, Greta Thunberg. Uh, <laughs> don't cut them all down. Anyway, I think she would annoy even him. Uh, so this film was originally released on December 9th, uh, December 19th, 2002, I believe, somewhere around there. And uh, six nominations at the 75th annual Oscar Award Ceremonies. Two wins. Can you guys guess what the awards that they won were for? Ooh, best visual effects and ding ding. Best uh, score. Ding dong. No. no. Actually, fun fact, uh, this is the only Lord of the Rings movie not to be nominated for Best Score because of a weird technicality that the Academy had that was short-lived at the time where sequels could not be nominated for Best Score. Interesting. It's a weird, very specific law, much like that of Gondor we will talk about later. Uh, well, I, th- I think they reversed the decision. Because of this? Mo- yeah, mostly because of this, yeah. So it won for Best Visual Effects, you were right, and Best Sound Editing. Okay. Which might have been a little Ooh. bit of a nod to the score. But not just also like sound you. mixing? That's strange. Because yeah. usually those those go hand in hand. Steve, I'm going to confess something to you. They combine um, them now, don't, don't they? It's I was going to say, I, so. I, I, I find myself pretty knowledgeable on film, despite, despite that one person who took the time to leave a review saying that I wasn't. Uh, but I, I'm often a little confused as to the differences between sound editing and sound mixing as far as I, what the awards mean. To be completely honest with you, I could make up an answer but i wouldn't know for 100 percent. see sure what, what i mean is. you yeah. literally went to school for that what i, well, I didn't go to school for audio yeah. no, true but but did. like i if i had to wager a guess without looking it would just be editing is the is the i've literally read the difference and i'm like oh okay but i really just want the conversation in my head to stop okay you know when you argue with somebody and eventually you're like pretend to get it so it's over that's yeah. what i do when reading the answer oh okay oh, okay yeah, no, yeah okay. <laughs> makes sense i get it yeah Mixing. We'll just agree to disagree <laughs> to myself, like Gollum. Uh, what if he was polite to himself? <laughs> anyway, so that that's what it won. 2002 shook the world down. Um, and uh, yeah, now for Wrath, now for Ruin, and a Red Dawn. Let's jump right into it. So the film Damn. opens. <laughs> nice. Opens with the, the Balrog fight with Gandalf the Grey. And the sound design right off is awesome because instead of the Kate Blanchett, Galadriel uh, monologue voiceover, we get like little snippets of the original Moria events mm-hmm. to kind of put you 
place oh, you mine. back in. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> Pick <laughs> the wrong ones. Around. But it's like you you can hear it off Royal in the distance. Welcome. Yeah. Because there's just vista shots of mountains. Yeah. And like you also hear, <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking, and you're like, and you get a picture. Okay, this is 2002. sync is at the height of their power. Uh, Backstreet Boys are waning. Britney Spears has never shaved her head. You don't have to leave her alone yet. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm sitting in the theater and I'm just remembering back. Oh, yeah. Okay. Some I just want to say down. the Backstreet Boys never wane. That's God damn you. Well, the and, and sync said bye 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 to them. That's all hey, I'm saying. But I said, boys I are went back, that all right. way. <laughs> and I said <laughs> No, I was trying to think back, of, all right. I was yes. <laughs> I was trying to think of a ninety eight degrees plug and uh Lachey failed me, even though he's a local hero. <laughs> Nick Lachey. I met um, him a couple of times. So we cut to a little bit of extra uh, scenery as far as the Balrog fight with Gandalf the Grey. They they tumble quite a ways and stabbing the shit out of each other. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, he says, fly you fools. And then he kind of like goes full Tom Cruise and goes into <laughs> his go, like motherfucker. diving yeah, yeah. arrow. Glabs, uh, grabs Glamdring. Yeah, casually grabs a sword as he's doing his dive bomb. As if this was his plan entirely. Like, Fly, you fools. I'm about to do some dope shit. At the same time as he's like on top of the Balrog, stabbing him as they're falling 20 story or a billion stories down into Earth. Uh, above, Somewhere just, between 20 just and a billion. Above them. <laughs> As you say, he gets like two steps. Yeah. <laughs> just above them, Frodo's still going, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm doing some wicked shit. <laughs> I, I thought you were flying, fool. And then he does his. It's, it's almost like a, a Vin Diesel, though. Like. It's fine because it's a fantastical setting, but when you see this in like 2021 and there's like muscle cars around, it's like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm just falling so fast. But when Gandalf does it, it looks miraculous yeah. and realistic. God damn it. And how does he end up? So he falls and falls and falls and we don't find out till later. And, it, and does he go to like Middle Earth analogous China? Center, center of the earth. It was, it was some fucking. Godzilla, just like an actual Godzilla tower of Kong shit. Peak and Vista. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good analogy. Like this whole other. What, was, what did they call that? It's a real theory. The uh, the underground world. Hollow world. Hollow, yeah. hollow, hollow earth. earth. Hollow earth. earth. So there's Middle Earth and there's hollow earth. That's also where Godzilla lives. That's what, that's what Andy's saying. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, in the Balrogs. Yeah. This, this, uh, this scene in particular really kind of. You know, when we first started watching it um, this afternoon, when we started it like 12 hours ago, uh, yes, <laughs> the movie reminded me just how this trilogy is just the king of wide shots. Like this, all these movies are like proliferated with just like beautiful wide shot vistas out the out the ass. And the first one of this one kind of like. The it's, best travel brochure for New Zealand ever is this trilogy. Exactly. I mean, you have the beautiful mountains that you saw before, but the one that really always strikes up to me is when you're in that hollow earth section and it's that wide of the cavern and you just see like the glow of their fight slowly form above and then you kind of see them falling into frame and that's illuminating the entire cave. That's such a beautiful shot. It's one of my mm -hmm. favorite shots in the whole trilogy. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. But we don't get to see the end of that fight yet. It's just another illusion like, oh, he didn't die. What's going on? Or did he? Right. They hit probably the water not. pretty hard. I bet he's in the trailer a little bit, but it's all good. And then we're cutting to uh, Sam and Frodo climbing down the rope, which I thought was interesting because there's a line there because we're watching all the extended versions. And as we talked about last time, they cut that lengthy scene uh, of Galadriel and whatever fucking Phil's name is, uh, giving him all the Where gifts. Where is Gandalf? <laughs> Where is Gandalf? 
seriously. <laughs> Who told me that they were leaving? I was a, I slept in and no one told me they were gone. You gave them the rope. <laughs> <laughs> That was my favorite rope. God damn. I hope it wasn't the fat one. I wish you would tell me things, Galadriel, before you did them. Yeah, he's such a... I'm going to go paint my metal figures. Yeah, it definitely has like Civil War replicas, giant magnifying glass and tiny paintbrushes. What's that, guys? We looked it up last episode, too. That's why I called him yeah. Phil. His name is Phil. Because they cut that scene, giving him all the gifts, and we were like, "How do we?" I guess they just cut to, and then two towers. Sam has the rope, and everybody's like, "Fuck it!" But they actually filmed an extra line where, when they land, and oh no, Mister Frodo, <laughs> I don't, I'm going to lose my fucking rope. Galadriel gave me in the last movie. <laughs> I tied it too tight. Yeah, it's one of my knots. It's never coming out. I think that whole scene of him like undoing it. Yeah, that's, I've got that's girlfriends that are still tied up. And Frodo looked at him funny. Because he's in the bondage. That's a bondage joke, Steve. Oh, Sam. (laughs) You're so kinky, Mr. Gamgee. That's why you're my gardener. (laughs) What? He's trimming them hedges, bro. (laughs) So he has the salt and he's like, quick, grab it. And he grabs it and then Frodo falls what could have been to his death in order to save the bit of season in case they had a roast chicken. That's what it was. He drops his little box. Which, by the way, it was a weird way to open that scene because we'd never seen this box before. And I thought it was something actually important or maybe like the Limbus bread at least. And he's like, we're going to starve, which is kind of important. Mm -hmm. So they can't see the bottom of this cliff that they're on. It's all smoky and foggy. And Frodo, for all we know, plunges to his death to save the chicken seasoning, the salt. But... It's the Luckily, finest, they it's were the almost the finest to the bottom. salt in all of the Shire, Chris. I don't know why you guys are making fun of them. That stuff is serious. But they made it really romantic and and kind of sad because Frodo sees it immediately. Like, oh, it's a little bit of home. Mm-hmm. It's completely worth it. Like yeah. they got to save their sanity at all costs. Yeah, it's and, the finest salt in the Shire. I don't know why you guys aren't getting paint no, on the land, dog. I get it. The Shire has the finest of everything. But I, I mean, think- if if KFC. Puts all their seasonal herbs and spices into two separate underground vaults so that no one gets a secret recipe. 11 think- separate underground vaults. Uh, excuse me. Let's be yes. clear. Come on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no I, didn't, I wasn't interjecting. Let's be clear. I was like, <laughs> I was yes manning Andy. That's all. Yes, Andying. Anyway, fuck it. So we find out <laughs> Gollum is following them. Of course he is. He's a sneaky little bastard. And. They seem to be lost. They're going around and around in circles, and they do the classic line. This place looks familiar. That's because we've been here before. Like, everybody, that's what you do when you get lost. You have that whole dialogue. Are you really lost if you don't say that with your traveling companion? Have you guys ever been in that situation where you're traveling somewhere and you just happen to circle back around something like, we've been here before. Look, kids, Big Ben. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? No. No. European I've never been to London. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, no, but metaphorically, yes. Metaphorically? Yeah, like That's... when I'm traveling through life and I find myself in the same situation. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I understand that, my man. I thought I've gotten past, but no, never. I don't travel much, especially somewhere that would require actual navigation. Same. It scares me. I don't like it. I'm not a woodsman. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't have the stout heart of Mr. Samwise Gamgee. And this is where the legend of Andy Circus is born. Because we got little snippets of Gollum and Fellowship of the Ring. But now this movie, 
fully lets Gollum slash Smeagol fly. And at the time, if you recall, this was really cutting edge technology. I mean, mm-hmm. there had been like motion capture suits and stuff, a plethora of them, but none to this degree and none done so well. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where they found this guy. I have no record. Do you guys have any recollection of Andy what? Circus's career up to this point or no? Because I know it's exploded since then. Sure. Yeah. And I know I remember watching all the behind the scenes footage and being just being because I just thought computer generated. He's doing the voice, but there's so much more even to it than that. Gollum even looks like him. He did all of the movements, and is that normal to have the person? I guess it is because I've seen at that time. No, it wasn't. Like the voice actor have to do that stuff. Correct. You, I mean, usually there is like a person on set that's doing the the physical acting, but then a, a voice actor will come in and do the lines later. But nowadays, like especially with this movie, they kind of pioneered the whole like this is my role. I'm acting. And I'm, I'm in it the whole entire way, even in the post-production process, because they are going through and, you know, uh, rendering Gollum on top of him, essentially, in some scenes and yeah. pulling him out. Um, even then, he was involved with the process with the animators like, oh, no, this is the face I'm making, you know, that type of thing. That's why they pushed so hard for him to be nominated uh, for an Oscar for this role, because he was so involved and really the performance comes from him. Right. And nothing. And and, and yeah. it's amazing. hundred percent deserved it. Um, I don't remember being struck by Smeagol emotionally, but I was only like, what, 15, 16 years old at the time and super high uh, as I was watching it this time. But we'll get to that later. Uh, but that's I just I wrote the legend of Andy Circus because it's kind of uh, funny looking back 20 years later and just not even knowing his name. <laughs> Sweet summer children. Uh, but they they eventually they kind of bait Gullum in. They know that he's there and they pretend to seep. They're like, oh, we're seeping. Come get us. <laughs> I got you. And then they snatch him. But he's really strong for a wiry little fuck. It's like they say in Fight Club. It's the wiry ones that fight the hardest. You got to watch mm-hmm. out for. So they have a little scrap. Eventually they have to bust Sting out. And I want to do it. That's got to be Sting. That's got to be Sting. Yeah. You remember this, Blade. You've tasted it before. Dirty little Gollum. <laughs> you gonna catch his, catch his hands again. You're being real Samwise Gamgee over there. With all these <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Sam's such a hater. Why you gotta run him down all the time? So they wrap him up. Because he's a stupid little bitch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they tie him up with that Elvish rope. Another use. And he's like, it burns us. It, it freezes. It burns us. <laughs> And freezes. And yeah, and freezes. Which I love. He doesn't know how to adequately describe the discomfort. All he knows is that he doesn't like it. He's literally like a toddler that you're making put on clothes that they yeah. don't want to wear. <laughs> <laughs> but he's I, also like barely in captivity. Like they eventually just lift the rope off of right. him. And he's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I do love the the introduction where he, he kind of appears like, I'm going to kill you. You stupid hobbits. I hate you. And then they, you know, here's Sting. And then he just me goes, <laughs> and just starts crying. Yeah, I mean, and I love that rendition. Like he's very dangerous, but at the same time, mostly just very sympathetic, extremely put upon, and extremely mentally unwell. Like I don't know how many decades, I guess centuries, that he's been scrounging raw fish and being tortured by that ring. This I is was, also after he's been literally tortured by uh, agents of Mordor mm-hmm. for the name Frodo ba- or Bilbo Baggins. I will always remember. Um, you know, rest in peace. Uh, Roger Ebert once wrote like a paper about how uh, Gollum slash Smeagol was the greatest villain in cinematic history mm. because 
you know, that as a character, his sole purpose, you know exactly what he's going to do the entire time. Like, you know, this guy's going to betray them and try to steal what? the right this whole fucking time. But on the flip side, you cannot help but feel sorry for him and want him to, and you, you, you want him to be better and to get well and be a hero, but that's not in the cards for him. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. The, the, the tragic turn. And this is where somewhere around this scene is where we find out the dual personality nature of Gollum that, you know, Gollum is his alter ego warped by the ring and his real name is Smeagol. We don't necessarily know that too well yet, but you can see him arguing with himself a little bit. It gets way better later, but yeah. there's a first initial hint at it. Um, and he kind of softens his voice as Smeagol and he's a little confused and submissive. And then Gollum literally makes the noise. Gollum It's like a nervous blah, tick blah, cough. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so that's awesome to Can see. You imagine if we all got our names based off how we coughed. <laughs> all right, guys. <coughs> Andy. <laughs> uh, so then uh, we cut to Mary and Pippin hanging off the backs of a bunch of Urukai as you do jogging. Uh, Mary's a lot worse for the wear. He's got a little blood trickling out of his mouth. He's barely conscious. Pippin seems very fine, but just mostly concerned about Mary. And uh, it's very sad to see. So, you know, you might be wondering, why are these Uruk-hai running so fast? What are they doing? What are they trying to go do? Well, I'm glad you asked, Steve. (laughs) What do you smell? Man flesh. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea that there, what is it? How many do you think? 40, say 80 orcs yeah, of yeah, both kinds. There's Mordor orcs and the Urukai hybrids. They're terrified of the maximum eight people behind them, but probably, you know, they probably know that it's about three and they're just running. Like, we can't let Aragorn and his two buddies catch up to us. You know, that'll I, mean our demise. On this rewatch, I was kind of wondering because, you know, I I thought the same thing for as you did, Chris, for, for a long time that, like, that's kind of funny that they're like, oh no, those three dudes are coming to get us. We got a haul ass, boys. Come on, let's go. <laughs> All 150 of us. But because, you know, we kind of briefly talked about it in the last episode, time kind of moves strangely in these movies because there's a lot of ground to cover. I'm also, I'm kind of wondering if, like, they're actually more, if they smell the, uh, the banished with the rocks cooking back there. That's why they're so scared. It's Dwayne, the rock Johnson. (laughs) We got to get out of here. No, I I wonder if they're actually smelling, um, Carl Urban's character. What was his name? Like Aomer. Aomer. They're the banished platoon of Rohan warriors. Cause they're out and about at the same time as they're running. It's just, he been banished at that point. Well, that's the thing is like, because time moves weird. I assume that they have previously in Rohan. I, yeah, I assume that Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas haven't been chasing them for like a month. But like, no, I, I assume it's been uh, three like days. It has been a number of days for three sure. Days. No but, food and no rest. But I wonder if that's the case. Like, if they because and then the Rohirrim are the I ones that actually. That's actually a good them. point. I'd never really even questioned it or cared because I love the movie so much. But it would explain if there was some kind of Lisa Joy Nolan time fuckery like from Westworld here that the events that they show of him getting banished was a month prior perhaps well it does immediately cut to Aragorn with his head against the rock and he says their pace is quickened they must have picked up our scent sure so unless and he, I, th- I yeah. think I think that works structurally better for the movie because at and that honestly, point we don't know who these characters are is there any doubt in your mind that the three of them would kill every one of those orcs no exactly so I mean their fear is founded but it's just strange that they're like, ah, 
you, you smell that guys those three guys are still on us and then they're all hanging out at camp like oh we don't smell f- 50 dudes on 50 horses <laughs> coming no they're downwind <laughs> what the fuck steve oh, don't you true. know the first thing about tracking i i don't you're it's definitely true. certainly not a duna diet. i'm what you call an inside person you can <laughs> so look I, at a blade of grass and be like oh but lay here i do i love some <laughs> of the fast forwarded tracking that aragorn does and later legolas like when aragorn went off the cliff is that what you're talking about yeah yeah he just comes by there's literally no indicators whatsoever he's like where's aragorn he's like oh Dirt clod. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what the fuck is he? Random orc who's in this last leg of life that must have had something to do with this, even though there's a hundred other dead ones around you. <laughs> I did. It was me. <laughs> I, I knew you. and everything. <laughs> Judging by the looks of you, I knew you were looking for that guy I fought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, who cares? We love I, it. I love how in the first movie, and this is kind of going we back. We dwarves are natural sprinters. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just, going back to that, that the, the orcs kind of being, you know, chased. I love how in the last movie, you don't get any real indication of like who and what the orcs are personality-wise. They're just like, ah, ah, orcs. are strong. Ah. Yeah. That's about all we get. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the only guy really that Jeez, talks. So strong, my lord. But in this movie, it opens up with like, what do you smell? Man flesh. And then when they actually yeah, come across the... What's gu- meat? Yeah, the, <laughs> the fucking goon squad meets him up and like... I love how they're all like cockney British thugs eventually. Like it cuts to one of the Isengard guys. I guess he's like the captain of the guard at Isengard and Saruman's talking to him. And he's like, oi, we've been working three days and nights on this. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> What about their legs? They <laughs> don't need them. <laughs> Couple of me boys are wondering if we can get a raise. It's like all the orcs grew up in a Dickens novel. <laughs> They're like uh, like dock workers in like an episode of Law and Order all of a sudden. We ain't telling you coppers nothing. Like, There's no cops here, sir. You're going to start calling everybody Bellens and stuff. <laughs> what sort of creature are you? Boy. Where those chavs? <laughs> so, anyway, we're, we're you know we're entrenched with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, and this is where the relationship between Legolas and Gimli really blossoms and mm-hmm. captures everyone's hearts. Um, I'm a little confused too about something with Aragorn, but not just in a broad sense. But we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, I just love the way that those two interact. They really pick up the 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 comedy mantle because in the Fellowship we get Merry and Pippin mostly. Mm. Um, being hilarious and a lot of hobbit things that are really funny and endearing but in this film there's none of that and all of the levity for the most part comes from gimli for the most part but mm-hmm. also a little bit of legolas wouldn't you agree for sure i don't think oh, there's yeah. any other levity. oh i guess smeagol's pretty funny i mean they literally will cut to gimli to ease tension off of scenes like yes like, they're like he's fighting with the king and then it cuts to gimli who's burping like because he drank too much beer or he's falling off the horse or he's struggling to catch up running and oh my god that horse thing cracked me up because he falls off the so it's this the smaller guy falling off a giant horse and i was like ha, 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 he almost died oh, gimli he's not genetically built for this at all oh, he hasn't gotten up yet <laughs> it is funny though in their defense that's <laughs> true legolas what do your elf eyes see <laughs> it's kind of fucked up with all this, and I know Andy That's thought it was true. fucked up. I know. What are your human ears here? <laughs> yeah, what if he just got offended? Excuse me? My elf eyes? I, I honestly didn't think of it that way until you just pointed it out. Really? That's funny. 
<laughs> I lost it. I, th- I thought Andy was too. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are you calling like, us? What are your elf eyes see? Elfie McElf Elf. It's very but offensive. Turns out he sees a lot really far away, and uh, they're trying to hunt down those damn orcs. <laughs> There's uh, they cut to sometimes like. Legolas like squinting, looking at something way off in the distance, and then the camera cuts to what we're seeing, and it's like dudes they are like thirty feet away. It's like riding up on like the wargs yeah. and stuff. It's like yeah, you try real hard with his elf eyes. Thank, <laughs> good thing you were here. <laughs> so then we cut to uh, Gandalf. What do your wizard fingers feel? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Palantir. As often as I can spare them. So we cut to Saruman, and I i don't know if I've ever noticed it before, and it's very obvious, I guess. Uh, but Saruman is like this metaphor for capitalism. Industrialism, I would say. For sure. Uh, but he says things like... Uh, Big Pharma. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be consumed by the fires of industry, the machine of war. And, you know, I was just like, oh, okay. Sounding a lot like America. Fuck yeah. Well, the, this... This movie in particular is definitely a commentary on, you know, industry versus nature and, you know, men's need to destroy to create type things. Sure. Um, yes. Are we seeing Saruman and men of the steam engine? Basically. In this universe. Do you see those factories awesome. he had down Real there? Real steampunky down there. Yeah, he's sure. literally, like I said, he's got a Dickens novels down there, you know. Please, sir. I want some more. Please, sir. Is that a I Dickens novel or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I thought that, you know, coming from Christopher Lee, that delivery, amazing. Uh, but also I was really struck by the obvious symbol, symbolism and in, in retrospect there. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more Christopher Lee in this one. Honestly, me too. He uh, spends half the show like on his little balcony, just looking around like, Oh, what do I do? Oh, my property value is going down. <laughs> <laughs> I should have sold. I hear beachfront's pretty valuable though. The 2008 of middle earth. Um, so then we cut to the first reveal of Carl Urban, a man who had become a star. Yeah. But I don't think he was, uh, he was a relative unknown at this point, right? This is the first movie that I became aware of. Him For before. sure. Yeah. It's long before the legendary Dread film, which does not get enough credit. That movie's fucking amazing. That is a fucking BT dubs. Movie. And but Bones in Star Trek. I love him as, he as Bones. Bones. He's a great Bones. The Bones on that guy are very sturdy. Mm-hmm. In fact. Uh, but he plays Aomer in this film, the nephew of Theoden King of Rohan, um, leading the free riders of Rohan, Willy and Nilly, I think I believe is the, t- <laughs> the correct term. And he, what a regal man Carl Urban is. He does such a good job and he has some of the best line deliveries. Like some of these, um, you know, pseudo medieval stories, especially with anger, sound really corny in the dialect. Like, dude. Doth tempt me, and it's just—it's hard long to pull have off. Have you haunted my sister's steps? Yes, but that's so convincing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Fucking too long. He hath haunted her steps. <laughs> you know, I'm cheering him on, like I'm watching a medieval Jerry Springer. Um, Steve, Steve, Steve. Sorry, remember that guy? <laughs> what the the main like bodyguard on Jerry Springer? Yeah, Steve. yeah, yeah. Big bald Steve. Yeah, yeah. people would cha- chant Steve, Steve. Unfortunately, Steve. I, do. I wasn't chanting for myself. Andy, yeah. Andy, Andy, Chris, Chris. <laughs> let's do this. I like Yay. this new game. By the way, when they hired Grima Wormtongue, <laughs> what was? Were there any red flags? There's a meme I saw a while ago where it was King Thane and he's delivering the line like, how did it come to this? And the the dude, like his buddy that's always behind him is like, well, sir, when a resume comes in that says Grima Wormtongue on it, maybe don't accept it. 
<laughs> yeah, like, how was that going to go well? Uh, but we don't have any real backstory as far as that. So, what would you say is your greatest strength? <laughs> I mean, just the interview I, process. I got the gift of gab. Writing poetry about your niece. <laughs> he smells. <laughs> Dude, I bet he does smell. Look at that guy. That guy's so, like, greasy. Even Saruman Even Saruman doesn't want to snip him. You smell of horse. <laughs> Have you been so around Gr- Theoden King's horse again? Greamer Wormtongue is the guy that Professor Snape saw and was like, I don't want to be that. I know, <laughs> like, I'm kind of going down that road, but I need to I need to make some, I need to look myself in the mirror and make some choices A here. 100%. <laughs> I, I wrote that he looks like an ugly Loki. But I didn't, even, yeah. I didn't even see Professor Snape. That's awesome. He's like if Snape fucked Loki and they came out a little goofy. Like the, the offspring, I mean. Yeah. If somehow Snape and Loki were like uh, siblings, it was like incest. It was an incestual baby. Yeah. That's him. <laughs> an incestual, a magical being born. Okay. Ill we're very news sorry. news is an ill guest. Are you so glad you paid for this episode? <laughs> <laughs> but. What I'm trying to get at is that I have no idea how Wormtongue does what he does because it later becomes very clear. What does he do? I don't know. I feel Saruman like he is the had one to have been an agent of Saruman, correct? That was sent there as like an envoy that was able to weasel his do way. Do something yeah. that caused Saruman to have the ability to magically well, inhabit was, him? Yeah, there was definitely magic involved in some way. You know, what I mean, it, it could be like one of those things where, like, you look underneath uh, Theoden's bed and there's the pentagram. You know what I mean? Um, but also, what? is his function what is his like advisor like when Satan's like yeah come on in haunt my halls <laughs> uh, <laughs> what could go wrong what could go wrong and he's like yes maybe we should kill all the peasants and it's like <laughs> maybe I, I like the enthusiasm Grimmer uh, maybe hold back <laughs> I was hoping maybe just to hang out with your niece a little bit and discuss plans for the future. That's weird. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll wait a little while longer. Yeah. It's not quite set in yet. I love how that's his whole, his sole purpose for being evil is that he just really likes Miranda Otto. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I get it. Who doesn't? He needs a little bit more Eric of Eric Horn, that's who. Oh! Yeah, that's true. It's... He's got our win, sort of. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Grimmer Warrington fantastically acted. Uh, and we go back to banning Aomer, of course, which Grima has apparently had that document drawn up way before the drama. Yeah. He's like, oh, and by the way, he signed it this morning. I don't know why I let you squeeze my face for 10 minutes because I had this document the whole time. But let you think you had me, didn't I? Yeah. See, it's been signed. You can see because the the king started to sign his name and then kind of gave up halfway through. <laughs> That's I love that signature that they hold up because yeah. it's like Kingson. <laughs> and I love watching this back. It always seemed like Aomer was in his way to assaulting Eowyn. This is why he sent him away, right? But it's not at all what it is. Like the intention is as an agent of Saruman to send his finest warriors, all two thousand of them away from being able to defend the city. Mm-hmm. And this also happens to send his cock block away as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's what we call two birds with one stone. <laughs> That's America. what we call them. The two biz. Birds with two birds. <laughs> one writ. Soup to nuts, baby. And they, uh, they introduce the ants as myths, uh, which, you know, they, 
Mary and Pippin sit down at the camp with the orcs and they have to rest a little bit. They start arguing over whether or not cannibalism is okay between the different orc camps. And uh, there's a lot of tension. I think perhaps a little sexual tension between the Mordor orcs and the uruk And while they're doing that... Mm, step on me, uruk <laughs> <laughs> Oh, meat's back on the menu. <laughs> okay, but anyway, while they're doing all that, Mary and Pippin are looking at the trees... And we talk a little bit. Oh, I heard Fangorn's got fucking <laughs> crazy shit in it. I've got what in there? <laughs> exposition. <laughs> There's a lot of exposition in those trees. It's really late. <laughs> this is a solid recap. Fangorn's for fucking. That's the, there's a sign outside a Fangorn forest that says Fangorn's for fucking. No, I mean it is an adjective. Anyway, they all knew. All the listeners knew that. They're smart. They're smarter people than I am. Oh, then we cut. This is hilarious. So we cut back to uh, everybody's fighting. They did kill one of the orcs. And then Aomer and his whole troop finally show up and they kill all of the orcs. There's a horse that potentially crushes Pippin's skull. And we cut straight to the morning and it's Legolas looking up at a sunrise. And he goes, red sun rises. Blood has been spilled. Blood has been spilled this night. (laughs) And we're like, eh, or... That's the color of sunrises on occasion due to science. Pick up a book, Legless, crack it open, <laughs> and read about the world. You know, you're going to find out all sorts of mysteries. Actually, the science. frequency of red light travels farther distance. So when the sun's hitting at a certain angle of the atmosphere, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. You don't know what my elf eyes see. That's fair. <laughs> That's Go- fair, sir. Going back to like these movies is kind of being so quotable. You know, that is one of those quotes that I, I tend to say whenever a red, red sun, sun ri- does rise. Like, do you do? Oh, a red sun rises. Blood has been the time. <laughs> also, I'm late for work. <laughs> I'm going to say that every time I see one now. I'm going to steal that. Habit Dude, of join, yours, us. join us. Join us. <laughs> there are dozens of us. Uh, so we cut back to uh, finally the, the, the writers of Rohan meet the trio. Uh, they're they're none too pleased to see them, right? What is an elf and a dwarf and a dude doing walking around here? Tell what, me your name, Horsemaster. It's really weird because he's like, I'll tell you mine, and I'll give you mine. It was Aragorn steps out. He's like, "Hey, dudes, how's it going?" And like, "Fuck you, buddy!" Yeah. <laughs> circle up and pull the spears out. <laughs> hey, what's your name? <laughs> we don't know you. Get off our porch. Yeah, I mean, I get they're a little angry, they're upset, their 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 king is degrading before their very eyes and banishing them for being loyal. They got Grima, they didn't want to hire him, and now look what's going on. So hope very has upset. poisoned these lands. Hope, yeah, dare not trust to hope. It has forsaken these lands. Or forsaken, sorry. That's one of those lines I was talking about. Fucking Carl Urban's, and you wouldn't think with a name like Carl he would amount to anything, but they spelled <laughs> it with a K, and they changed his fate forever, right? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Imagine all it took to create life and they decided to name him Car- Carl. I, I knew one kid in high school named Carl. And, and he, he didn't do shit. Well, the only thing that I know that he did was he spit in my hair on purpose. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, Carl, you are none too pleasing of a person to be around. Andy and I actually know a Carl who's really cool, but his last name is literally champion. Yeah. So it shit. offsets the Carl. Exactly. And his name was Urban. Yeah. But what a good line that is. This is not suburban. Dare not trust to hope it has forsaken these lands. And I love the way he says it. He's not like, I didn't see any hobbits. Um, nothing. He's so downtrodden and angry. He's like, we left none alive. Probably killed him. Pretty sure I did. They would have looked like children to you. Yeah, yeah. we would have killed him. 
<laughs> yeah, we, too. we were, we, you know, it was a bad night. Yeah. We, we, we've been drinking. Hold on. We're Paul? working through some shit. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Didn't you say you were, you killed two kids that definitely weren't orcs? Yeah, they reminded me of my brothers. <laughs> oh, see, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. that uh, can't, can't do anything about it. But I love the little bit of the, the, fa- <laughs> the fake tracking uh, set piece that we have set up again. Like it goes oh. to this pile and he's like, the belt. Well, when they go to that, uh, I, I love that scene because, you know, they go to where, so they, they killed all the orcs, they piled their bodies and they burned them. So they go over to that area and they, they start tracking them. But before they do, they're all sad that they, like they find one of their, their wee belts yeah. in the pile of dead bodies. They would have never let this chronic go alive. <laughs> <laughs> and in their sadness, uh, Vigo Mortensen's like, he, like shouts to the heavens and he kicks a helmet and he actually broke his foot. Famously broke his damn foot. But he acts, he acts through it. And uh, apparently Peter Jackson didn't know that he broke his foot toe or foot at the time and was like wow that was a really good take great job and then they were like cut and he was like my fucking foot (laughs) when he first kicks it it's a a cry of actual anguish yeah (laughs) and then in all the running scenes like the wide running shots from like the cameras in the helicopter and Gimli Legless and Aragorn are running across the vistas you know you know the awesome Uh scenes everyone loves all three of them were injured during all those shots because Aragorn had his broken foot still um, Orlando Bloom was still nursing his two broken ribs that we mentioned last episode. And uh, what's his name? Um, I got it right here. Brett Beetle, who is John Reese Davies' double. Oh, okay. Uh, he had an injured knee. And so all three of them were injured in all They're these all running hobbly. sides. And according to Peter Jackson, whenever they would cut, like all of them would be like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> but it, it actually helped because they're supposed to have been running for days, mm-hmm. looking exhausted, which was easy for them to pull off because they fucking were. Um, yeah, I wrote broke his toe kicking helmet here, but every, all the nerds love that 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 kind of juice when they all got hurt. Um, I and my second favorite part of this. So Aragorn does his tracky thingy, right? He's like, oh shit, wait, Hobbit lay here. There's definitely was a Hobbit, and I wish somebody was there to be like audience surrogate to be like, huh? How? But yeah. we. We just, know <laughs> his hands were bound. Oh, really? Oh, his bonds were cut here. And he gets excited because that's good news. Rarely do dead people's bonds get cut. Um, and then they went to the forest. He found out. And I love that Gimli's what like dumb as shit over them there. He walked through the whole battle every step of the way. And then they're in the forest. And I, I get that the idea is to re- re- remind the audience that the forest is famously dangerous. Uh, and forbidden or whatever. But what madness drove them in there? I wish Aragorn had just turned really slowly. <laughs> the battle. <laughs> the pile of 70 corpses behind that. There's a head on a pike, Gimli. <laughs> that madness, sir. Uh, and we cut to the Ents and what appears to be a new or at least slightly more kempt version of the White Wizard. The White Wizard. White Wizard saying what weird and i don't remember no i guess because i had read the books do you guys ever remember watching this movie and the hints that the movie goes to great pains to kind of get you to believe that they're being taken to Sauron? and it happens twice where you were like oh shit they're being taken to Sauron." i think i was at the time when i first watched it yeah again like i i was going in with these movies cold for the most part and not having read the books or knew really anything about them. So I was like, well, well, I remember thinking it was weird. Like, they're taking him to Saruman, but like, why is he out there? 
Yeah. Where's he in the woods? Where's he in the woods? Isn't no, he chop- is he looking for more chopping trees? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay. This, this one. <laughs> he picks them out himself. Fuck this tree. Go a mile south. <laughs> it's the third oak behind the birch. Take it out. It just pleases me. <laughs> that tree pisses me off. It's all uh, like, ooh, I'm really tall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm straighter than your staff. No, you're not. Uh, so then we cut back to Sam and Frodo, and they're super hungry. And nobody's more hungry than Gollum. We must starve. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's plural, because there's two personalities in there, in case yeah. you forgot, Steve. Steve's always looking at me confused. I got to remind him of the shit. What movie are we reading? <laughs> so they're, <laughs> they're walking through what's called the Dead Marshes, which is the, the, the site of the original battle from the prologue. The bog? Pardon? The bog? The bog. Pardon? <laughs> yeah, you, called the, it, you called it a forest. It's a, no, I said the Dead said Marshes. Marsh. Oh. The Dead Marshes is the name of that I think land. I'm going deaf. <laughs> <laughs> it's the site of the where the elves and the men and the dwarves fought the armies of Mordor 3,000 years prior, and all their bodies are freshly decomposing. Yeah. Just like maybe a week old Don't looking boys. Don't follow the lights. Don't follow the lights. Didn't you, didn't you watch Poltergeist? I don't know why my golem just sounds like Aunt May that smokes six packs of cigarettes. Winston Light 100s. Don't follow the lights and be home before dark. Your father's going to have your ass. How he's Jewish. <laughs> what? Oh, no. Yeah, that's fair. Can anyone do a good golem? I can't do no, it. Yours is decent. Mm, no. Try. I can do the cough. That's it. Anyway, uh, so Frodo takes no advice, immediately wanders into the water, falls face first, belly flops. I'm so hot. (laughs) I want to cool off in the dead marshes. (laughs) And Gollum, of all people, is the one that saves him. And here's the beginning of a beautiful friendship, my friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which what I guess Gollum wants to save the ring more than anything. True. We could it could be argued. Uh, but this is where Sam and Frodo start to trust Mr. Smeagol. And I think, uh, and it's well, obvious. Frodo does, Sam doesn't. Well, toward the end of the two towers, right as Gollum's already decided to fuck them over, Sam is starting to really kind of like, not very maybe like him. You, yeah. Very right. decent. Very yeah, decent, very of, decent you. of you. You know, we weren't <laughs> trying to do anything. Man. Nothing. We're trying to kill you, right? Shit happens, my guy. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry I called you a stupid little bitch earlier. <laughs> you know. This is one of the things that frustrates me about just movies in general, because if there was a simple conversation, and I know that Smeagol is not easy to talk to, but a simple conversation or a few choice words would would eliminate all of the conflict. And whenever that happens, it upsets me. And I understand that Frodo is nowhere near in his right mind. He's struggling with the like the spiritual battle of a lifetime, and he's very upset. And Smeagol is really mentally ill. Uh, but there's still like at the scene where where Faramir and all that shit goes down at the end. Frodo, instead of being like, come, Schmeagel, definitely going to be fine. All he had to do was say, hey, yeah. there's like seven archers that are going to kill you. Don't move. Yeah. This is a better alternative. We must go now. <laughs> Done. <laughs> right? Solved. And that's why this is a really dumb like analogy. I know it's too late for this type of shit. That's why I love Ted Lasso so much. <laughs> because there's like moments like that where you know where you think that's kind of shit is about to happen. But instead, the characters talk 
and it never there's no comp like there was that scene at the end of season one where you find out the boss has been trying to she admits that she's been trying to fuck him over the whole time and make the team lose and you think that's going to span three spawn three episodes of drama and instead drama, he just forgives drama, her right drama. away because it takes place in london so i said drama drama uh, you know what i mean anyway so that's, that's right. i'm like god i respect that i could see it though in lord of the rings for like all right Gollum, don't freak out he's like what the fuck and <laughs> start just flopping <laughs> around you know what i mean like yeah i, I mean, don't know that he would necessarily react well and frodo was more focused on saving his life <laughs> <laughs> But we'll get to that scene more later. Oh, God. Yeah, he's got Vietnam flashbacks. I get it. Um, So then we cut back to... Oh, anyway, I wanted to say, though... Excuse you, Gollum. Gollum. (laughs) Frodo, why he likes Smeagol so much, or at least is so kind to him, is that he sees himself in him. That is his future. If mm-hmm. things don't go much better, right? Like only he even says he wants to believe that he can be saved. He's because, the, yeah. exactly. They're, they're the only two beings on the planet that know what that feels like. Um, everyone else is dead. So that's Bilbo. why he absolutely, well, true. I mean, he did see Bilbo freak the fuck out. Like, give me the fuck away. Yeah. Turned yeah. completely CG. I'm sorry, my boy. I'm sorry. I didn't see you, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for everything. Don't tell your mother. Um, <laughs> oh god, I'm a dark. Um, <laughs> so the, now Aragorn finds Gandalf the White, um, and that's a, very well done. Like it's it's a little bit coy, but I appreciate it that there's so much bright, blinding light. The white like it's almost like he's got a, a flair for the dramatic. Um, because they're like he loves sneaking up behind people. I'm almost There's a chicken. <laughs> I'm almost certain that when it is the blinding white light that they're showing a little bit of Christopher Lee's face the first couple of times that they show the a little bit of a wizard's face that you can see there. There's certainly his voice. They're certainly too. doing Christopher Lee's voice, but also it's mixed with Ian McKellen. There's a, a random Ian McKellen that's really clearly Ian McKellen about like six words in, and then back to the deep Lee cadence. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Um, but I love that, you know, they think they're about to fight the wizard. Like, don't let him utter a single word or cast a spell on us. And it kind of sounds like, um, what's the word for superstitious folk that don't really, they just know he's a wizard. He's going to cast a spell. Yeah. Don't let him talk. He's going to turn us into a newt. (laughs) (laughs) Turned me into a newt once. I got better. Uh, I just just love like, we can't let him say anything. What are you going to do? Shoot an arrow, throw a knife and swing a sword. Like this is literally the only one that could do anything. Like, but maybe, he doesn't. They're like, be super duper fast, and then Gimli's like, ah, and, <laughs> and then Legolas like, eh, Legolas is the you. last one to like. Aragorn turns around, and just makes a wild swing at air, and then gets his sword knocked out. Gimli actually throws his axe. No, Aragorn's his, sword gets hot. Well, no, he takes a swing first, and then it gets hot. Yeah, at what? Hot, 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 hot. <laughs> and 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 then I, after the two of them go, then Legolas like, well, I guess it's my turn now. <laughs> Here's my theory. Oh, no, my bow you... broke. My theory on that is that with his elf eyes, he saw, in fact, that it was Gandalf, but didn't want to ruin the theatrical entrance that he had going. Oh, he's a, he's a true So he bro. held back, and then he was like, Psh, oh, no. Oh, no. I guess we're done for... Gan- <laughs> I'm winking. Gandalf. Or, I mean... <laughs> Gandalf the white is like giving him a thumbs up at the same time. Like, yeah, my boy. My dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, and then we get revealed to all and sundry that it's Gandalf the White. And we get the rest of that uh, extended Belrog fighting scene in Hollow Earth, as Andy called it, uh, where we see. But weren't they back up on top of the mountain at this point? 
Like, didn't they somehow go from the from the, the, lowest the, the, the river to the highest the, peak? I don't know. That's what I was saying. It was like they fell to China on the other side it of was the earth. The highest dungeon of the lowest peak, or something. No, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that yeah, the sentence you just said. Well, yeah, because I remember high dungeon. The, well, when he sees like, I mean, the sky if, cells if the of the Irie dungeon. He has that line, and I remember thinking it didn't make any sense when he said it. Perhaps, perhaps. But they're in some kind of mystical place, I felt, I felt like. Because when Gandalf successfully kills the Balrog, which remember from our last episode, uh, the education we received that the Balrog is an ancient beast that kind of is basically what Sauron is, except that Sauron was augmented by some guy named Magnarok or something. Um, you got the 5G chip. So it's a very powerful, yeah, he got vaccinated. He's a very powerful being. And what is your interpretation of, I know we're running late on time here. We got to wrap up soonish, but what is your interpretation on what the fuck happened? Because no matter how many dozens of times I watched this, I read the book, it's really unclear and maybe intentionally amorphous, but he seems to die-ish, but also go to what, the undying lands or... He's sent by God. Is this a, this is more Christian? I look at it as a Doctor Who type of thing. We're like, yes, he died, but his death is a rebirth, and like that's just what they do. Um, and but in this case, I would give it the caveat that like you have to achieve some kind of worthiness in order to affect uh, that kind of uh, metamorphosis at your death. But I do think it's very much a yes, he died, but was also reborn because of powers i'm sure that there are many many novels written about this and i'm saying nothing new but it just occurred to me as someone who's not christian it took me a long time is gandalf jesus no he's gandalf he said that because he, <laughs> he dies i'm gandalf the white he dies he's gone for three days is it three days do we yeah, know that? that's how long gimli and them have been running and then he's brought back more powerful to, but just temporarily to save mankind. He's like, I, cause Gandalf says something like I'm being sent back until my task is done or something like that. Sent back by whom? But I, it's fucking God. I'm telling you, because I'm pretty sure if I recall, J.R. Tolkien is like, like C.S. Lewis. I'm pretty sure his. I remember reading in the Bible on the fifth day at sunrise, look east. <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i'm saying i'm gonna i'm gonna put a pin in that i'm pretty sure that that is blatant look, look that up jesus we'll, allegory we'll talk about it in return of the king which could be jesus yeah <laughs> the, the king <laughs> of nazareth coming I mean, gondor uh so then we get introduced to shadow facts who is a really lengthy intro sequence lord of all horses biggest of cocks fastest of legs how many horsepower does that have? He comes One, you idiot. One, you idiot. Hello, I'm Shatterpax. <laughs> Hello there. He's got <laughs> voice by Ewan McGregor. I, I love that. He's my oldest of friends. <laughs> my horse that I just whistled and a horse came. <laughs> and it's everybody expected. I ride him bareback because he doesn't have a saddle. <laughs> That's how Shadowfax doesn't need a saddle, bro. Ron's like, I've known you for 800 years. Also, is the Lord of Horses an actual title that he has? Or is it just like, is it like when I call my dog the pantsmest boy? 
like, is he really the boy. handsomest boy, or is it just like because like I think he's the handsomest boy? Is Shadowfax the actual real Lord of Horses? So when Shadowfax rides up to them, is like Gimli's horse, like, oh my lord, hello, and they like do a little, a I little stand horse by curtsy. Bill is the Lord of all horses, but he's he would be the Lord of Ponies. You know, he's half half horse. <laughs> what know? is the difference between a pony and a horse? By the way, a pony is a a, a baby horse. So Bill's a, they brought a child on this mission? <laughs> they brought a child horse on this dangerous mission? But there's also a breed of horse called a Shet, like a, there's certain like they're Shetland pony. They just never get that big. They're kind of like the hobbits of horses. Uh, like that's as big as they get. Mm. Three foot eight. <laughs> uh, but so King Theoden gave him Shadowfax. I was trying to research and see if he had Shadowfax in the Hobbit. Um but he did not. And this earned the wizard the epithet, the White Rider. Anyway, that's Shadow Facts. We're, we're waxing too poetic on We're waxing on the facts too much. Uh, facts waxing, dog. Facts waxing. Cut back to Tree Bird. Tree, tree, tree Bird. Which is the little <laughs> parrot that sits on the pirate that we won't talk about much in Mordor. But Tree Beard spitting bars. Did you guys notice that? <laughs> oh, when he was singing? Yeah, he's like the Eminem of the Ents. <laughs> it's like, no, he's like reciting his poetry. West Side to die. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote another one for you. My name is <laughs> Treebeard. Look, if you had one shot, what <laughs> opportunity? Here to say, I'm going to rap in a rapping way. <laughs> <laughs> Spitting bars, but Pippin and Mary don't like them. They're falling asleep. They uh, they like more folk music. Billy Boyd's doing some great falling asleep acting. He's mm-hmm. a phenomenal falling asleep actor. Um, so, <laughs> Sauron fears Aragorn. We get a speech, a, a wonderful monologue from Ian McKellen as Gandalf, where he's talking to. And I love this scene. This is where I always shouted to Andy and Steve. Ian McKellen just shits on everybody else. I mean, they're all phenomenal actors, but not to his degree in my opinion, for the most part. Because during this monologue, I'm just like so compelled at his ability to like embody this fantastical cadence and impart all these ideas. And you can see it's a two shot and Vigo Mortensen every now and then is just going, mm-hmm, Toads. nodding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what a weird Toads. direction, like to not give him any line or any kind of resistance or anything. I, I honestly go, mm-hmm. don't like that scene. Um, it's not that like, like you said, Ian McKellen's acting the shit out of it. I just don't like how it's structured and it goes on too long and it's too much of an expedition dump. Is it an extended it, it, scene? I think some of it is for sure. Cause it, it, it all has the same kind of cadence. It's like, we have to go over here, but is it really where we need to go? Yes. yes <laughs> and then if we go over there, then we'll have to do that. Of course. And then shut up. Don't say anything. You're going, I'm talking. <laughs> Don't tempt me. It's weird. Yeah. Well, also we get a little bit of the personality changes of this particular iteration of Gandalf. I mean, he's more businessy, less uh, whimsical, way cleaner hair. Uh, we can all agree on that. A little mm-hmm. shorter, a little more well-kempt. Um, I just, I just thought it was interesting that, He's really trying to gas Aragorn up as gas him up. And I don't think it makes any sense to me. Um, Like they're doing a better job of establishing like where he came from in the extended versions. Like you you really learn, okay, he's 87 years old. Um, He's one of the Dunedain. Not only is he a Sildor's heir, but but he's a Dunedain, right? He's a special kind of person that has extra skills and abilities. Um, But the fact that Sauron would, I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? I guess Sildor defeated him the first time, sort of. 
Um, yeah, hundred percent did, I guess. Yeah. Ah, um, that guy who got really lucky, had a kid. Yeah. I mean, Shit. But when you zoom back into the actual prologue, it's like he was all but defeated, took the broken sword and happened. Like you're an idiot. You're like this giant mall weirding wizard beast. And you just slowly reached toward the little man <laughs> with your ring hand and let him chop it off. I mean, that was your bad. I would literally keep that hand in my pocket. <laughs> I wouldn't even I be out there. <laughs> like if I had to go out there, I'm like, well, let me just put my hand in my pocket <laughs> so no one can cut my digits off. I was really irresponsible. What's up with people like him and Thanos just going willy nilly with their little hand jewelry that they yeah. desperately need? You got to protect your fingies. Fucking heel, man. <laughs> For sure. Got to protect his fingies. For sure. Uh, and we cut to uh, Sam and Frodo and Smeagol and uh, our first vision of the Black Gate. By the way, I have, I have a question for you. So Sam falls off like a dumb dumb, and then Frodo <laughs> goes down to save him, and the soldiers are like, huh? And they're like basically stormtroopers. This is a poorly blocked scene. Very yeah, poorly. Very poorly. Did the Is there any evidence whatsoever that Frodo knew the cloak was going to disguise them as a rock? Or did he like a child? That's an elven cloak. They yeah, do talk about how it... That I could think of. But did they, they, do, did they, they do, tell them that it had that ability? Not specifically, because they do say something like these cloaks will help you hide you or something. Oh, do they? It's it, it was my worry. It's impression. so vague, but that if someone told me that, I would never think. Well, let me just put my do this, it and looks I'll disappear. Like he childishly was like ah, and like pulled the blanket over the monster that was coming, and then was like, oh, thank God, it worked. Well, also, <laughs> Sam falls off this hill and then somehow ends up to be buried tits deep in <laughs> in rocks. <laughs> And then Frodo goes after him, and as Frodo's going after him, the, the dust that he's kicking up gathers the attention of two members of this army who are like, oh, let's go check that out. Yeah. And as they're walking towards it, Frodo's still zigzagging in the rocks. And then he goes to Sam's like, oh, shit. Don't worry, dude, I'm coming. <laughs> and it's hilarious because every time they cut back to those two guys that are coming to like investigate him, their eyes are looking up. Like they're purposely, I'm not going to look on the ground because if I did look at the ground, I would clearly see two fucking hobbits. <laughs> or I suppose, I don't know what those are. And then they stop right in front of them, decide they do the whole like NPCs in a stealth video game. Like, huh, guess it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must be the wind. Must be the wind. They turn around and they're not like three feet away and like Frodo dramatically removes the cape and like, ah, oh, they're gone. <laughs> they would have heard them. We tricked those idiots. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a poorly blocked scene because the whole time you're like, why can't is. they right. see them? <laughs> you're right. That's what it is. Just the poor blocking. And I don't even understand what that whole like raiding party's doing, like wandering 30 feet outside the gate and then going right back in. You know what I mean? Well, I think they were joining forces. Like that's a separate army that was walking into Mordor for the first time to add into the army. Like, oh, they, okay. They were so just they were being like conscripted. Greeting and then coming back. Or they were on their way to the they're, gate they're the entire going, time. They're, yeah, they're going all oh. the way to the gate the entire time. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Now, I didn't get you, but now I got you. Um, okay, so then they want to go through the black gate. That was then planned the entire time. But now Gollum's like, nah, we ain't doing that. And he gets super hood. Like, why the fuck did you bring us here? He's like, because I'm from these streets and I know. Okay, you asked me to bring you to the gate. I didn't know you was going through it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I took can, you to the gate. Can the new Lord of the Rings extended edition just be a real hood golem? Yeah. You said get you to the gate. I got you to the gate. But now, now I'm telling you, we got to go around the gate. 
Okay. You mess with Smeagol right now, you do not want to mess with Gollum. Because <laughs> I will get him. <laughs> you do not want to mess with Gollum. All right. Anyway, Gollum says nah, and he convinces him, even though Sam's not having it. Right. Uh, and then who would somebody would give anything for a whiff of old Toby? I don't know why I wrote that, but somebody uh, that said was that. Mary, I believe. Or, or it was Pippin. Pippin said it. it was one of those, I think it was them kind of hanging out with Treeborg, Treebeard. I almost said tree board. board. <laughs> We've had so many iterations of tree beard. Hanging out with tree fitty. <laughs> tree I'd give fitty. anything for a whip of old Toby. That would make these tree beard poems wonderful. And I think this is the third time you said tree fitty, and it gets me every time. Not I love it. Well, we were, for the listeners that don't know, we were getting a little giddy at the late hour. And getting. Steve, Steve said tree stash, and I said tree mutton chops. And then Andy said tree fitty. We were going through all the, I said tree soul patch. And we were going on and tree on. Tree Van Dyke. Because <laughs> we don't know the names of all the other ends. And we assume they also start with tree. Well, we also, when we watch movies together, absolutely just talk through them and shit all over them. If it's a movie. Oh, so yeah. 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 If, we, if we know what it is. Yeah. No one talks if we haven't seen it or they get the fuck out. Just kidding. It's not that violent. But it is. It is. Uh, Andy killed a guy. <laughs> She's probably live for a while, Andy. We find out that there are no ant wives left, which is very sad. They lost them. They lost them. We don't. Have you seen any? I love how tree beards like this, uh, almost like uh, what's it? Not amnesia, but uh, the really sad one. <laughs> that dementia? dementia, sort of. There's another name for it. Not dementia. Alzheimer's. Yeah, Alzheimer's. yeah. He almost kind of. He's like. We don't know where the end wires have gone. Have you seen them? Is this my flat? Are, are there things I could fuck in the shire? You know, and they're like, I don't think so, tree beard. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> and no kinda, pressure. I feel kind of bad for them, though. It's like, terrible. You know, they, they can't even remember what they look like. There's like two allusions to this because the other one is Gimli talking about like all of our chicks look like dudes. So people think we don't have chicks. People think that dwarves just spring at the ground. <laughs> I'm going to fall off of this horse. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this episode isn't as whack as it seems. I'm having a great. Steve's making me laugh. You're making me laugh. I hope. I hope and, and he keeps making me laugh. Andy's and, really tired. And he keeps saying tree fitty. I'm gonna keep laughing all day. Andy's been working like 70 hours a week, and I think he probably has to work. Andy, in the morning. when did you wake up I this do morning? Work in the morning at six. Do you really? Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> it's so early. Oh my god, that's like five, five hours, hours from, from now. now. Oh, yeah. No, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyway, back to Theoden's son. Who we found out his name is Theodred. Uh, so Theodred dies. Nobody really cares about his pretty ass. Except for Miranda Otto when she starts singing. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> she just she fucking comes in hot. The extended scene of the funeral is whack. No one's really waiting for a funeral scene. And then she just comes in real hot out of nowhere. And bam. <laughs> it, uh, that freaked me out. I don't remember that at it re- all. It reminded me of when those ladies just started singing to Aquaman in the Injustice League Snyder cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so awkward. Like, why are we singing? It's a perfect rendition. Of, but I actually really like the Justice League Snyder cut, so we won't go there. We won't go there. Uh, she wasn't holding the sweater, at least. That's true. That's true. Gimli, Legolas, and Aragorn and Gandalf walk up to the Hall of Theoden King. Eridas. Is that Air, I think so, Eridus. And uh, the, they are disarmed by the, the man at the gate. 
But then Gandalf is real sly and tricksy. He still got his gray jacket on because it's theatrical and he wants to reveal he's in fact white. He got new white. He got some new clothes. He got that new drip. You wouldn't new drip. Take an, you wouldn't begrudge an old man his walking cane. And uh, the dude's like, yeah, I guess not. You put it that way. It sounds really dick. Come on in. And then nobody sees that he's got this eight foot staff kind of tucked away a little bit. He's holding it, yeah, in a weird Like an umbrella. Wormtongue's like, ha, I'm very confident and nothing could go amiss, you old bitch. (laughs) Ill news is is an ill hour. Yes, yes, I love that. Do that again, Andy. Do it again. Late is the hour. (laughs) And then I love how... Uh, Theoden's such a good actor because he looks at him he's like whispers some shit he's like that's Gandalf we don't like him and he's like yeah (laughs) Gandalf fuck you he looks back at Wormtongue like did I do good job (laughs) is the Stormcrow thing (laughs) is that question my lord (laughs) he calls him Gandalf Stormcrow is the Stormcrow thing. Is that like an actual title that Gandalf has? They all have like a million of them. That's like one of his many titles. I was really hoping it was just they like, like an insult. In his, no, in his state, like Theoden just like doesn't quite know Speed who he's referring to. He's like Gandalf Stormcrow. Stevenson looks looks at Grimmer and he's like, "Yes, my lord. <laughs> yeah, <that> nailed guy. <laughs> it." <laughs> Your nails look great, not gross at all, my lord. <laughs> you have no power here. But he does indeed. Another huge, great quote. You have no power here. Yeah. It's very I, Star Wars-y. I sometimes would say that to uh, my mom. In what context, was like, Steve? clean your room, Steve. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you have no power here, mom. <laughs> and she would be like, no, seriously, clean your fucking room. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> she had her staff. <laughs> she had the staff. She was, in fact, man. Mom the White. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sounds weird. It does. I don't. I don't like it. Mom the White. <laughs> it's fantastical. <laughs> it, in that setting, it's fine. Uh, so then, just bear with me. Gandalf thrusts his newly white staff into Theoden. Into his face. Hard enough. Bops him on the head. That it knocks him back. The power of Christ compels you. If we match it. Here's a secret. And we match cut to Saruman being thrown off balance in the Tower of Isengard, which is in fact one of the titular towers. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is a titular tower. (laughs) And uh, at, at the time, first watch... You're like, oh, shit, that was Saruman the whole time talking all that smack through Theoden. Um, and I can only assume back to our argument earlier, kind of our, our debate, that Saruman doesn't always have the energy or the bandwidth to be directly inside Theoden controlling him. So that's why Grima Wormtongue is there. Sure. But occasionally he acts as a conduit. The Wi-Fi is down. <laughs> <laughs> I need that's- to get on my second life account. <laughs> I would cosplay as Theoden King. <laughs> Press A to cry. I cosplay as Theoden I need King. to open a chat to Grima Wormtongue XXX. <laughs> I hope this is as funny as it seems. Because it's awesome. It's just like, it's just, as everyone else, it's just three people slowly losing their sanity. Because <laughs> if the listener doesn't know, 
Because I, I found out that a couple of the page, like, I think half of our patrons don't like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And so if you've never seen the extended editions of these movies, the Two Towers extended edition is literally three hours and 43 minutes. It is a long ass movie. <laughs> and Return of the King's longer. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it breaks like, the four hour mark. I'm yeah, pretty sure it definitely does. I think it's like four and a half hours. It's going to be amazing. But I'm going to cry when I hear Pippin sing again. It's been yeah. a long time. Mm. Yeah, it's been a minute. And Judy eating the cherries. One thing I don't like about this movie, I think is, and I'm going to try to speed my way for Andy's sake through the rest of this. Um, what I like the least, at least, is that Aragorn spares Grima. For no reason, in my opinion, whatsoever. So if Theoden finally wakes up, everybody's like, oh, fuck, yeah, he lost all that fucking weird hair and his nails and shit. I know your face. I know your face. You're my daughter? Wife? No, daughter. And then... It's his niece. All that shit, yeah. He doesn't know. He's old. (laughs) (laughs) All that... Oh, you're Stormcrow. (laughs) Who the fuck is Stormcrow? Why do I keep saying that? So then all that shit happens, they throw Grima out down the steps... Theoden moves to kill him. Um, and I said, the man who killed his son, and you're like, did he kill him? I'm like, yeah, he, A, helped, uh, you know, machinate all of the shit that happened that resulted in him getting injured. But also, I believe directly sped up his demise by not healing him or preventing things, people from healing him and stuff while he was laying sure. dead in there. Whatever. Aragorn, this isn't his kingdom. He ain't nobody. You know what I mean? He's like the maybe, he's got, uh, a claim to a throne like a hundred leagues away. That's Gandalf's vagrant buddy. Yeah, it's like it's Gandalf's homeless buddy that everybody seems to have this immense respect for for no reason. And that was part of my pet peeve later on. Um, and he's like, no, stay your hand, king. Enough blood has been spilt. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, there is literally, this isn't like a Smeagol scenario. Uh, I don't know. What did you get? That didn't bother you guys. This is a war criminal. Also, who the fuck are you? Kill this guy. He just grabbed me. <laughs> right now. Well, there's a scene later where, uh, right after that, where Aragorn kind of like puts his hands up, like and bows a little bit. Like anyway, mm-hmm. back to King. But I, I don't. There's no merit to that. Like fuck that guy. You know what I mean? Sure. Letting him live. You guys just don't feel strongly no, about I mean, it. Either he way. is the, kind of the Osama bin Laden of the Lord of the Rings universe, and so like I would like you to go into this more. So I, <laughs> I, I feel like there was there should have been no clemency. I'm all about Seal Team Six in this case, which would have been Theoden. I get it. Given the smackdown, I just think he should have killed Grima, or at least allowed Theoden to justifiably kill Grima for torturing him for decades and shit. Um, but anywho, maybe who am I? Maybe I'm just not Jesus like enough. Uh, Theoden decides to run to Helm's Deep. And, you know, again, there's a scene where Aragorn challenges him there. And they want, I don't know what the point seems to be. Like, they're mad that he doesn't want to go to direct war. And we find out he's got, like, 300 people. They're not even soldiers. A lot of them are old men and young young children. Uh, open, I can't risk open war because I literally don't have a fucking army. Like, yeah. We find out later. Um, well, they wanted him to go get his army, and he's like, he's at least five days away. Five uh, days and to the east a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to go five days back. And then I think they wanted <laughs> them to, like, try to uh, combine forces with Gondor and the elves. And I think that that's part of, like, when we were talking before about uh, Gandalf kind of um, blowing smoke up Aragorn's ass. Like, yeah, they're super duper scared of you, bro. I, th- I think it's because, like, he he's the one with the ties that could get unite the realms back together. True. True. You know? That's good, Andy. Fuck yeah. Um but Andy has entered the so, chat. So scared of you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm so scared of you, bro. <laughs> Super oh. spooky. 
Um, <laughs> without context of the light on the audio, it's just me going, oh. <laughs> the, 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 the lights keep dimming randomly in and out. And yeah, sometimes this it, light fixture so much. it's scary. Uh, so then they decide they're going to go to Helm's Deep, which is an ancient fortress in Rohan that they can hide in. Uh, it's highly defensible. We'll say that. It's like the the eerie in Game of Thrones. Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep. Uh, and then Gandalf looks. Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep. <laughs> Gandalf tells Aragorn to look to the east at first light on the fifth day. And, for, and he doesn't tell him why. Just do that look if you can survive coming. that long. Look for my coming. You fool. <laughs> <laughs> And then Theoden shouts, bring me my whores, and he runs off. Technically, it's horse, but with the accent. It sounded like he said, bring me my horse. It did, yeah. (laughs) Bring me my whores, and the guy's like, I'll I'll get them. (laughs) All of them? All of them? All of them. It's going to be a long journey. Ring the bell. And then we get the extended wonderful scene of Smeagol versus Gollum, where Smeagol finally successfully banishes Gollum from his psyche. That show that we've all been waiting for. It is so fucking well done. It is iconic. It is legendary. And it's really heartbreaking knowing how things end because leave now and never come back. What did you say? <laughs> leave now. <laughs> I love yes. the way he starts screaming it. You're jumping up and down a little bit. I actually vividly remember being in the theaters when this first came out and people like the, the theater just laughing their ass off when he goes, you don't have any friends. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes you. Nobody He's hilarious. You. He really like he, he and Gimli are the, the, the comedic core of this film to keep it a little more lighthearted at times. But um, it's just so well done. It's so impressive. And I, I can't believe anyone would dislike Lord of the Rings. Like, it's OK not to like sword and sorcery, I guess. That's all that is good in the world. So it's weird, but it's okay. <laughs> but even object, this movie is objectively good. Mm. Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. You're not no, wrong. you're not wrong. This movie's amazing. Yeah. So, dear listener, I, th- I suggest you try it again. Although I would say, I think of all three movies, this is the one that suffers the most in the extended version. Agreed. Agreed. Because uh, a lot of the they add a lot of stuff back in in the extended version, and I think a lot of it should have left been left out. Hundred percent. I, I didn't think at all watching Fellowship. Oh, like oh that should have stayed cut. I don't remember thinking that once. Mm-hmm. I thought that multiple times, and especially the funeral the funeral scene uh, with Ao. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that should have just been buried. Half of Treebeard stuff because a lot of the Treebeard tree beard scenes just like grind. tree bird tree it's hard isn't it we're so it, tired it is, yeah it, i mean a lot of their scenes just grind the film to a fucking halt and it it, it shows like we don't have to go to tree beard that often what do you mean you still don't want to go to war <laughs> yeah and it's not even, we had this discussion two hours ago it's frustrating but we're still in the movie all the end stuff was good to go we cut to rabbits and we get with some of the most famous lines uh you know what's it doing <laughs> What's it ruins it? What's taters? What's taters? Potatoes. <laughs> Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Oh, this <laughs> may be that may be the most quotable line in all Lord of the Rings. Do it to me roll. No, no, no. Raw and <laughs> I'm sorry. Raw and wriggly. <laughs> no, the uh, the potatoes. Yeah, yeah, the most that. one of the most memed for sure. If not, one does not simply walk into mortar. Yeah, be right up there with it. So. 100% agree. So now we cut back. Nan, nan. Yeah. I'm going to do the rest of the episode like that. And then, dim motherfuckers. <laughs> wait, wait, what was the voice from last time? And then, dim motherfuckers. Yeah. Or were you just 
juggling there, Andy. I was still what you were doing with your hands when you were doing the voice last time. I don't remember. I just black out. We cut back to uh, Frodo and the gang, and we're introduced to Faramir and and Oliphants, which are very similar to elephants. Um, so Faramir, if you don't know, now you know, is Boromir's younger brother. And he's a little bit, uh, quite a lot bit emotionally and physically abused by their father, Denethor. We're also introduced in flashback to the father, Denethor, who's like the steward of Gondor. There is no king uh, because the heir of Isildur has never been found. Um, Played by John Noble, who is so good. amazing. Is, oh, but how gross is it later when he's eating grapes? Yeah, dude. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Steve smiled with fond memories. Yeah. I love when he's eating grapes. I love it. Um, but then we also get a more... Uh, it, it, it makes you love Boromir even more in retrospect because you find out why he was such a tortured soul. And he was actually a really good dude trying to protect his brother and his people and um, just so pressured by his father. This is the one scene that was that's not in the theatrical cut that I am mad that they originally cut it out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess they're saying, hey, he's dead. We don't need more context, but you absolutely do. Yeah, it, it adds so much context to that character, but then also going forward, Faramir and Denethor's yeah. relationship as well. For sure. Uh, and just and also it's just fun to see Sean Bean again mm-hmm. just pop up in that small little bit at the height of his power and his health and and being in his element, which we never got to see. So you it's see really why cool. he was sent there, like yeah. why he's such a big deal in the realms of men. What was the city called that he had just liberated? Osgiliath. Osgiliath. The occupation of Osgiliath. There we go. The occupation of Osgiliath, <laughs> which Faramir fucked up and let him take. I didn't have enough men, my lord. Uh, then we get another scene with Arwen, which I f- was that was that in the theatrical version of this giant extended yeah, scene? I think so. I yeah, think it is. It's just to remind you that that romance, yeah, quote unquote, they, they exists. might have added to it a bit more with the like super long uh, her father saying, look, you're super going to die alone and then everybody around you is going to die. And yeah, that, you're going to wander the woods alone and then you're going to die, too. Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure that part was not in the theatrical cut. But when it's just him and her, I have to yes. say when they cut to live, Tyler. And there's like this slow-mo with like the muscles in her face vibrating and the tears slowly falling is mm-hmm. as, as overly dramatic as Hugo Weaving was in that scene. I, I really appreciated what she was doing. I thought it was really striking. You could see the pain. There's the two really good there. crying moments in that. That and then when Grima sees all the the masses of orcs at Isengard, like no, he, he, has a single he, he rolls a tear and I was like, damn, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, this is amazing. Apparently that actor can <laughs> this do that is awesome. Really? Because uh, that wasn't in the script, and I guess they found out that he can do that on command. They're like, hey, can you like do the tear thing? And <laughs> it looked sure. Dope. Yeah, let me just. There it goes. <laughs> we have to edit that out. edit that tear sound out in post. But uh, other than that, it was great. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I can't do anything about the sound, guys. You want the tear? You're gonna get the. <laughs> There's a tiny kitten in my eye. Uh, <laughs> so then we cut to the scouts. Uh, so they send out Saruman finds out from Grima that they're going to Helm's Deep where the weakness is. It's by the way, Helm's Deep is the Death Star and there's one tiny weakness in it. Mm-hmm. And Grima knows exactly where it is. It's an um, exhaust port two meters wide. He also, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he also points out that, hey, they're going to be traveling really slowly with women and children. <laughs> And Saruman's eyebrows like raise up. When he said children, Saruman's like, oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) So he knows they're going to be going real slow. They're vulnerable. Let's send out our wolf dog horses, dire wolf things with orcs on top of them and fucking try to fuck them up a little bit. (laughs) Wolf dog horses. (laughs) uh, That was so terrifying because it's like if you're, you know, you're a cavalry, you're, you're mounted 
or your mounted force fighting those orcs. You can't just kill the orc. Like if you kill the rider of the horse, the horse isn't going to do much. Yeah. But if you kill the rider of the horse dog beast direwolf thing, you still got to deal with that fucking thing. That right? thing can eat you. Yeah. It was almost you. more dangerous than the orc itself. So it's like everything is, all the enemies are double is what I'm trying to get at. It's double scary. Um, double the freshness. That's where Andy was fun. alluding to. Legolas with his elf eyes is like, oh no, but they're really close already. <laughs> um, but Legolas is like, they're scouts. So all of a sudden we get a battle and shit has begun. So uh, what's his name? Theoden sends Eowyn and all of the, the villagers to the Helm's Deep Jaewin, Fortress. Eowyn, Zeowyn, Tewyn. All those dudes. Eowyn and Greg. <laughs> Tanya Eowyn. while the rest stay and fight by the way i just think it's it's all for the build-up for her moment in return of the king but it's frustrating to me that aragorn and and his ilk are all very progressive seemingly and they find out that eowyn and they're no stranger to women who can fight very well right arwen can fight um he finds out that eowyn is an accomplished swordsman and there's a little bit of an extended scene there back in the the great hall where we find that out She's like, yeah, I like valor. I'm a fucking badass. I want to fight. I want to die on with a sword in my hand. Yeah, all that stuff. Oh, that's great. I totally believe in you. You should fight and die and do whatever you want. That's great. You're too cool to die like that anyway. You'd be. It's going to be great. Every single time that there's something, she's like, I want to fight. No matter who's around her, including Aragorn, they're like, no, you're a woman. Mm-hmm. You should run. You take the people to safety. I mean, it happens at least twice in this film. And she's like, okay. Her entire role in this movie is unrequited love and just a complete lack of agency. It's yes. Crazy. Yes. And I, she does get redeemed in Return of the King, but it's really, it's kind of frustrating watching this movie in isolation. Mm-hmm. Like, why what, did they, why did they do her like that? What do you guys think? I want to, I want to pose this question to you guys. Do you think that uh, her and Aragorn have more chemistry than him and Liv Tyler? Yes. Cause I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, Absolutely. I think much more to my answer than that. The rock that uh, fucking the little kids are throwing has more chemistry than Liv Tyler. But <laughs> God damn. I think Liv Tyler's amazing. I just don't think Aragorn's right for this. Liv Tyler's not my favorite. I didn't this, think she was great in these movies. In these movies. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of like, <laughs> what do you mean? And it's just like, oh my God, Liv Tyler, stop it. Well, in general, I, I imagine something written in the 40s from Tolkien wasn't given much room. As far, I mean, the, the adaptations could have done a lot more, but the, the female characters in general are not given much as far as their no, agency and decision making. And there's a lot of pining after Aragorn sure. and and nonsense. Like, there's really no reason for her to be so smitten with him. I mean, he's pretty cool, but yeah, I just don't understand. That's why I feel like she also uh, Miranda, uh, Miranda Otto Awen. Uh, she yep. has a lot more to do. Other, I think <laughs> she does. She does mostly pine for Aragorn, but she also does a lot of more. St- a lot of more, a lot more things in the movie where like she's taking care of her her cousin. She's worried about her uncle, um, and she's she's taking care I mean, of she's her people. Introduced as fierce and strong, yeah, for sure. And she can fight, and then but like Arwen, all we really see like she saves Frodo in that one scene, and then for the rest of it, she's just kind of like I'm just gonna sit here. Oh yeah, I mean she's not even in the book. That's why yeah. they struggled so much with that. It's just such a bizarre. And that I mean that's thread. not Liv Tyler's fault at all. Yeah, it's just it's just like I I feel like there's Leave so Liv much. Leave Liv Tyler good alone. Leave her alone. There's just a lot of chemistry with Miranda Otto and Vigo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that because I, right. I I just want to know if I just want to know if I was crazy or not for seeing it. You're right. So they all flee. Uh, flee. They all flee back to uh, Helm's Deep. They all flee. 
I, I wrote down why did Gimli feel the need to run to tell Eowyn, but that's a dumb little nitpick. Like fail. He's yeah, they he fell. fell. They fell. So yeah, Aragorn pretends to die like everybody else in these movies. And then he runs. I don't know. I just thought it was strange. He like pretends it, to die like everybody. <laughs> it's a cool thing. There's a lot Aragorn. of fake out deaths. He's the guy that's uh, known Aragorn for, you know, like a year. They've been through hell and back together. Um, you know, Legolas is there, his other best friend. No one else there really knows Aragorn any more than they know him as Strider occasionally if they know him at all but he like runs straight to Eowyn like the widow that he has to tell the news to and takes his hat off like oh sorry miss <laughs> he fell I'm available though <laughs> that guy I noticed you were getting the hots for didn't make it he fell he fell <laughs> Um, I just thought it was an interesting choice, but I just wanted to see if there was a, a slot for me to slide into. <laughs> I was telling you about the, the, the yeah. dwarf women. It was kind of a hint. Yeah, they're none too pleasing I, to look at. I, yeah, I don't really care for them. <laughs> <laughs> you have my axe is what I'm saying. <laughs> if and you need it. <laughs> and there's a weird line later on. I think it's Theoden uh, in Helm's Deep. He's like... <laughs> When he's really confident about Elm's Deep and how like uh, impenetrable the def- defenses are, and he's walking us through the three layers of safety, he's like Sauron's dick would indeed have to grow long to fuck us here. <laughs> oh, he said that, did he? <laughs> I, I, did, I don't remember that. <laughs> I, you remember it was nominated for best best original screenplay oh, or adapted right. screenplay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sauron, that was it. The line, <laughs> the line was Sauron's arm would have to grow long indeed to touch us here. And I wrote Sauron's dick would have to grow long indeed to fuck us here. I thought it was clever. <laughs> God, I waited the whole time. I didn't say it at the time because like, it's coming up. For, it's, it's, was, coming up. Well, it's coming I, up. I crossed out the note before us, and it was like yes. <laughs> I love and it the was a dud. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they finally get to Helm's Deep. There's that shot of uh, Eowyn leading the, the the women and children to Helm's Deep, and they see it off the distance. And there's that one shot where all the extras, I think they were just like told, "Hey, be super excited that you're here. You're safe, and just be sure to." Just fit in the words Helm's Deep somewhere Helm in your acting. Because it literally was like 20 people walking by the camera going, Helm's Deep! Oh, guys, Helm's Deep! Honey, look at Helm's Deep! Helm's Deep! Oh, I'm Eowyn, Helm's Deep! And it's like, we, we get it, guys. You're it's happy Helm, to be here. Helm's it's, Deep. I mean, this is the famed fortress of their 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 the fatherland. They have, they've never been here. Never had cause to go there. It's exciting, but a little scary. And there's already people there. Yeah, they got their first. I, I took that like that was the front of the train more than like they live there. I think it's all the other villages that have been a- attacked and sacked before them. Attacked all and one- sacked. Oh, because the mom was there. The mom was there True. for the original village when she's like, Frida and my other kid I'm not going to name and hugs him. <laughs> I didn't have to give you away, actually. Um, <laughs> Everything was actually fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Galadriel and Elrond uh, are featured a little bit more. Um, and there's a discussion where she t- basically the whole point of this is to make us fear, I think, that Frodo is going to die. Right. So you you know that he's going to have to sacrifice himself to pull this off. You know, you've seen it. And Aaron's like, yeah, I did totally see it. You called me out on that bullshit, man. I was, gonna, <laughs> phew, I was trying to keep that one buried down deep. Really care about that Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> I think it also serves to prove that the, the elves are also going to like have agency in the war, not just sit it out. True. It kind of uh, foreshadows them showing up to help five minutes later. 
Because I read somewhere like, do the elves help in the books at Helm's Deep? Is that I think so? Is that a idea. thing that the movies add? I don't. I don't, I don't recall. But I thought I, I, I read so. that, but I, I don't. Again, I don't know for sure. I'll read. Are you kidding me? But so then we get a lot of, and you know, um, again, we're running late. I'll try to wrap it up for Andy's sake. Poor guy. Um, Faramir and Faramir interrogating, you know, um, Gollum and and Frodo, trying to figure out why they're there. We get a lot of cutting back and forth. We've already talked about Denethor, um, and then Smeagol is betrayed, unfortunately. And honestly, I almost cried this time because that scene where they show of Smeagol, I forget what. The, the pool of wonder or whatever the fuck Faramir the calls it. Pools, yeah. yeah. The punishment for that is death. That's what well, you're talking about weird. when he's like crying and then he's like, Spiegel. well, there's that, but right before that, like when you know what's going to happen and the arrows are trained on him, he's down there like, I'm all cool. I'm so good to be free. I've got friends now. Nothing yeah. can go wrong. Stop the flap the fish. He's having, he's living his best life down there. And it, again, it reminds me of my dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like, actually, heartbroken like i basically made it seem like i saw my beagle down there being a little dumbass and somebody went and snatched him up and hit and it made me super sad yeah. like i'm actually getting really sad thinking about that right now i had the same thought that i i, I said it when we were watching like it reminded me of like when i would try to get my dog to go take a bath and i'm like well come here come here and i'm like trying to coax a retreat oh, so she's you're, like you're the frodo in that situation we must yeah. go now yeah <laughs> yeah and i snatch her up go. and i throw her in the bathtub <laughs> <I> trust you <laughs> <can. laughs> Master betrays us. Yeah, exactly. It's very sad. He's our friend. And I wrote Faramir as a bitch. Penny. Uh, super mad. Super mad. So then finally. Penny. Adam. <laughs> Aragorn snaps out of it. He's been riding this horse like a zombie and he finds out he's going the wrong way and runs into the army of uh, Urukai. Yeah, I love that shot. Yeah. Huh? He shows up. He's oh, like, fuck. It's, it's a show that he the army's on its way, but the way it's shot, it seems like he was going towards him. It's like, oh, fuck. I'm, I'm supposed to be going that way. Shit. Whoops. Gotta quit zoning out on this horse. My bad. Um, Treebeard still trudging. Anyway, let's cut to the, the whole uh, nips and pickles of this whole thing. <laughs> nips and pickles. All right. Soup to nuts. The Battle of Helm's Deep. Damn it. Right. We all know how it ends, unless you haven't seen it before. I don't know why you're listening to this, but thank you for paying. Helm's Deep. Uh, Helm's Deep. One of the most legendary and epic battles of all time. By the way, this film, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, has grossed $947 million as of 2021, mm-hmm. um, which I know that. It didn't in, break a billion? That's crazy. In an age of. It's a lot of nips and pickles. Yeah. We're, we got Infinity Wars and Endgames busting billies. It doesn't seem that impressive, but this movie was shot in 2002. It's mm-hmm. very impressive, right? What? Busting billies? Busting billies. <laughs> funny. Um, the Battle of Helm's Deep, phenomenally executed. I mean, you got Legolas sliding down the steps on his shield. Uh, him and Gimli's interplay with trying to count the most deaths. Um, their competition is a wonderful, like, uh, break of the tension. Which um, Legolas totally won when he knocked over that ladder. He killed, like, without a doubt. hundreds. Without a doubt. Uh, yeah, I love how they're at 17, like, 20, 20 minutes into the battle. But then, yeah. like, by the next day, they've gained maybe double that. That was yeah. at the very beginning, because Gimli had two. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm at 17. Um, but he's a much more accomplished warrior. Was well, at one point where he was standing in between the two ladders, just swinging his axes, and he's like, 21, 22, right. 23. Yep, keep climbing, assholes. <laughs> Isn't the Helm, Helm's Deep like the longest battle ever filmed aside from 
when Game of Thrones finally broke that record or something? I think so. When it came out, yeah, it definitely was. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure as it has been broken since, but... I yeah. think it was broken by Game of Thrones. Um, but, I mean, it's just... It's just a phenomenal sequence. Uh, so it begins from Theoden as soon as the rain starts so and the people start charging. And it's, I got chills watching. Dude, how it. dope is that part times. when the, the rain starts falling and you hear the ping, 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 ping so on good. all their armor? All the sound design so good in that part. Yeah, so uh, in the Battle of Winterfell in, in Game of Thrones, um, the, that battle spanned an entire episode and making making it the longest battle sequence ever filmed dethroning a record set by Lord of the Rings, the two towers and it's 40 minute battle of Helm's deep. So up until last year, two years ago, this was the longest battle ever filmed. Booyah. That's so now it's still number two, hundred percent impressive. I'm impressed it's as we sit here. Number two towers. Yeah. <laughs> number two, just like the amount of towers. Um, it's still, I think it holds up even today as the, it has to be at the very least top three battles in cinematic history right if not the best it's yeah. it's, it's such a good uh sword and shield it's battle type very like well siege. choreographed there's a couple weird things like i think like aragorn and our main characters are a little op would be my criticism uh, for, uh that's true for instance they they jump a 16 foot chasm with just the two of them to defend a door against hundreds of soldiers on a causeway uh, they are um, bottlenecked though they are but it, it just seems like that would be very difficult. I mean, there were bottleneck before and the dudes were like dying, trying to keep the door shut. The orcs have so little regard for their own life that they're somewhat like the zombies from 28 days later. Mm. And so all they would have to do is just rush and fall off the cliff like they're doing anyway. Because there's a scene I thought was really neat. I, put, I took note. I've never noticed it before. When they're um, cleverly marching up the causeway with shields in front and over their heads. And they're having to be shot with arrows from the side by the elves as they get up to the main gate to the, where the king is. Um, eventually they bring a battering ram up through the middle safely under the shields roof. And the only way to get the battering ram to fit is for the, the soldiers on the sides to fall off right. simply yeah. because they're pushing each other off to get to the door. And they don't care. They're just like, nah, I've served my purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Get him, Fred. I like one. Me's back on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, did we even say that quote in this show somehow? Well, we've Me's done, yeah. back on the menu, did we? We did. Boys. Very good quote. Boys. Boys. <laughs> all right, boys. Am I right, boys? Right. So we all know how it ends, unless you didn't watch it. Uh, Pippin tricks Treebeard because he's a stupid bitch and makes him look at the dead forest. All the Ents rush Isengard and they really lower the property Ents value there. going to war. We might not return. Or maybe all of us will survive. I'm not sure. Yeah, even the guy who caught off on fire lived. <laughs> he's going to have to dunk himself in some water. Yeah, and then you get to see uh, Sauron from his like third floor balcony, not even the top balcony no, of Iron Garden. Cool. He's like, oh, I, 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 maybe I should go up higher. Nope, I couldn't make it to the penthouse. This super sucks right now. I'm too shooketh, shooketh. And it keeps cutting back to him periodically during that, and it's pretty drawn out. And it's like, wow, this still sucks. Just like, wow, <laughs> he's like panicking, <laughs> yeah. running to every balcony. <laughs> it's bad over on this side of the tower too. <laughs> maybe on the south side. Yeah. Oh, gee, Willikers, <laughs> it's still bad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Battle of Helm's Deep, so good. I, I, I don't know. I just love. I love that scene so much. I lo one of my favorite things. It's so dumb, but I there's a charm to it where it's 
They got the one Orokai who is the uh, the ceremonial Olympic torch runner. He's <laughs> <laughs> running to blow up the bomb to blow up the, the, the retaining wall. And they're like, shoot him! And they like plug him with like three arrows, none of which go into its head, which even is surprising. Legless. Even though it's legless. legless. Yeah. yeah, who literally, literally, an hour later, shoots the rope from far away that knocks down an entire ladder he bullseye this rope but he can't hit this dumb guy's face (laughs) (laughs) who's carrying a torch who's carrying a torch like look at me (laughs) i can do it i'm important (laughs) it was poor defense i love this slow-mo that they that they do for that torch runner for a second i just picture like top gun music I think when when we were watching, I started singing like the Chariots the, of Fire theme. You did from the orc perspective. He's the underdog hero. <laughs> right. If you switch the narrative, he's, he's Luke Skywalker. He, yeah, he really definitely. is. Definitely. Um, well, I guess we got a few reindeer games to play here, real quick, before we wrap everything up. Uh, let's always talk, we always got to talk about our favorite moment. You got to pick one. Start with Andy. Um, what is your favorite moment of the Two Towers? So. Previously, if you had asked me before we rewatched it, it would have been that initial uh, schizophrenia scene with Gollum uh, where uh, he has his, no, he's my friend. You don't have any friends. You know what I mean? That sequence. But I, I think actually watching it this time, it was still Gollum, but it was after they had um, captured him and he is turning evil again when his back is turned from the camera and he's like sobbing, but also having a schizophrenic episode. Um, it's something was just fucking haunting about that, that time. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go with that. Okay. Very good choice. Very good choice. Steve, what is your favorite moment? I don't know. I'm trying to think, I, I think the easy choice would be Helm's deep because that's such an awesome scene. Um, but because we just talked about it and just for the sake of something different, I, uh, I really do like the, the scene where they all walk up on Eridus and kind of confront Grima Wormtongue and, uh, that was going to be my choice. Uh, it's, it, it's got a perfect blend of like the fun of the, of the fellowship, the three guys fighting, uh, Gandalf being Gandalf and then uh, Greamer Wormtongue, which, you know, he kind of disappears after this scene, really. I mean, he shows up a couple of times talking to Saruman, but like, I really like that actor and that character is really yeah. fun and he chews up all the scenery and it, and then also obviously seeing Thaden kind of wake up from the spell. Is, Late is, is the hour. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I told you to take the staff. Uh, so that's my choice. Uh, sorry to pick that. For no, you. that's my choice as well. I, I think, I mean, Helm's Deep is the climax, the 40 minute chunk of this film. Um, it's definitely like the best part. Like that's the part, <laughs> the part I would watch. Like when, mm-hmm. when Legolas, when I tell you how much Legolas sliding down that staircase on that shield informed my life. <laughs> You would not believe me unless you were there. That in the shot of the warg fight where he reaches over and grabs onto Gimli's horse yes. and slips around mm. onto it. God damn. That was I I was informed turgid. that is how I I'm, I crafted my personality around that unsuccessfully. Because I was not athletic. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't seen you like go down these stairs. I mean, we can try it on any of these basement stairs. We'll get like a I actually, cardboard box and let you go. This is a really dumb story that Andy doesn't have time for at all. And he already knows it very well. But I had a huge crush on a very particular 
woman in high school. She was a girl at the time. Her name was Chrissy. I mean, just ridiculous. And we actually ended up becoming like best friends for a long time. Once she moved, she would like, we would talk on the phone for hours every day. Um, but never romantic at all on her end, but I was absolutely in love with her. And so I saw a lot of these movies with her and she had this huge crush on, as every teenage girl did on Legolas. Right. Um, it really pissed me off because I looked, you know, sometimes you, you can, you can kind of compare yourself like, Oh, I get why she's into them. Maybe she's into me, but I, I was so not like Legolas, right. That I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but even still with the jealousy factor, I loved him so much. How could I not? Right. right. It's so like cool. Ryan Reynolds. You're just like, I get it. Let's see if one of us can bed him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we stand a better chance We're together. We're all competition here. <laughs> but anyway, that's my favorite moment. Um, and then what is your favorite character of the two towers? Who stands uh, out to you in this film, Andy? Gollum. It has to be, right? True. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That has to be all three of our answers. Yeah. We'll see what's your answer. Yeah. Would, I mean, it would be Gollum. Yep. Okay. Mine would be Smeagol. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Tell me more. I think he's the cuter one. He is cute. Uh, he's got that little snaggle tooth that creeps out from time to time. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them. Cause he doesn't. The hygiene's not doing great. No, but still better than worm tongue. As weird as that is. It's true. Maybe it's the loincloth. Yeah. Um, I, well, yeah. I think the 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 thick fur that worm tongue wears probably holds in smells a lot more. For sure. <laughs> Apparently, the smell of whores yeah. is that he wasn't getting by Saruman at all. Yeah. The no. Smell of whores. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> He's very chaste, that Saruman. You of horse. <laughs> uh, do we have any trivia or anything we need to go through? Do we have trivia? Oh my God, Chris, are you serious? Of course we have trivia. Yeah, there it is, baby. So you guys ready for this week's round? Let's do this. Yeah. Okay, so you guys remember the rules, right? Yes. Say your name to buzz in. I will call on you and you give me an answer. Well, I haven't asked a question yet. Okay. Silly boy. All right. First question, which actor said of Viggo Mortensen upon meeting him, quote, it's going to be so easy to fall in love with this man. Andy. Andy, go for it. The woman that played Aon. I don't know her name. Miranda Otto. Miranda Otto. Yes, that is correct. Miranda Otto. Also, another fun fact, uh, when uh, Liv Tyler met Miranda Otto on set, she said, I'm so happy there's another woman in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Nice. Holy this, shit. I feel like I only get a half a point. What? I'm trying to think of all the woman characters. Other than like the the side minor character, like the mom. Galadriel. Galadriel. Uh, Sally. Which one? Sally? I named her Sally. She's the pretty woman at the funeral in Rohan. Is she the one? Man. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, next question. All right, next question. Whose eyes were composited onto Ian McKellen's during his reveal in Fangorn Forest? Andy. Andy. Christopher Lee. You're correct. They did cut you because you mentioned it earlier, and I'm like, fuck, you took my goddamn dream. <laughs> All right, here we go. This one's fun. Who took longer to render via computer? Gollum or Treebeard? Chris. Chris. Treebeard. That is correct. A single frame of Treebeard took 48 hours to render. Oh, my God. Whereas, surprisingly, a single frame of Gollum only took eight minutes. And then they ended up, because they were rendering it in Entish. Duh, Uh, they should have converted it. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I just thought that was fascinating. And then they cut most of that footage. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, filmmaking is fun. All right, next question. So it's what, 2-1? Two, 2-1. One, two one. Which classic line was voted as number 85 in the American Film Institute's list of best movie quotes of all time? And it's from this movie. Well, I guess technically it's from all three movies, but we're doing this movie specifically. It's from all three movies. You just changed it. You just changed the game. Yeah, you changed I'm the so, game completely. Well, it's this is the the movie it's credited as being from, but like technically I think they say it in all three. They say it in all three. Or at least a specific person says it in all three. Um Chris. Chris. You shall not pass. Because yeah. there was that flashback and he said it and I thought maybe the flashback again. Uh Flame of Undun. <laughs> <laughs> my precious oh, of course nice. it is my precious Gollum says it good job Andy it's true. that is the most iconic uh, and this one I just thought was kind of funny which actor just straight up did not read the books once they were cast in Lord of the Rings they were the only major actor who got a role in Lord of the Rings and it was like I don't need to read the books I'm good uh, Chris I know this Chris Fuck, I, I knew this it's actually a isn't it Ian McKellen? Is that John Reese Davies? No, um, it is Elijah Wood? No. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen? Uh, Orlando Bloom. Okay, we're running out. Billy Boyd. Dominic Monaghan. It's, it's known in the fellowship. <laughs> Chris, no, he's Liv a Tyler. huge fan. Dumb bitch. Hugo, <laughs> Hugo Weaving. <laughs> You're running out of Kate Blanchett. It's someone. It's someone specific to this movie. Uh, it's the worm tongue guy, Andy Circus. Shit. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, Theoden. What? Who? C- Theoden. <laughs> no. He said, "Who are you fucking with me?" Because it kind of sounded like you said it at first. Uh Carl. No, not Aomer. Not Aowen. Aowen. Try to say it out. Who the fuck is it? David Wenham, aka Faramir. 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 I did say David Wenham. Oh shit! It's funny because you, when we were watching this movie, you were like, "Oh, that's the narrator from 300. Yep. Yes, it is. In that voice, I don't know why I was talking like that. It's weird. That brings our coverage of Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, to a close. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon subscribers. You literally don't know what this means to us. Um, we love we're, you. We're scared and excited to have started this journey. Um, we are contemplating a few things in the future that won't affect the Patreon, but just for the main show. We'll get more to that uh, here soon. By the way, as you're hearing this, I'm hopefully safely flying to Hawaii. You'll hear Andy and Steve and whoever else they can find to join the show's soothing voices here soon. Maybe nobody. They don't fucking need anybody. Maybe we'll do Penny. We're going to just scream it again. Hell yeah. Goddamn right. It's completely up to them. I leave it in their trustworthy hands. Uh, but until next time, I love you very much and happy streaming. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. Son this of has Gondor. been. Happy streaming. Kick. Say goodbye or something. Happy streaming.
bye or something. It's weird without the music, you know. I was right, like, right. You had it the whole time. I didn't have the. I don't have the Lord of the Rings music. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Ah. It's time to thank the patrons. Uh, I am so sorry, you guys. In my haste to put out a uh, uh, these these episodes, I completely forgot to give the Patreon shoutouts on Monday's pod. So we will make up for that mistake here and now, uh, because I am here to thank our beloved patrons. So thank you so much, A Wells, Aaron B, Aaron K, Aaron L. Aaron A, that's double A, Aaron A, excuse me, Adam C, Adam H, Adam R, Allison, thank you, Allison, thank you, Amanda, Amelia, Andre, Andrew, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew G, and then we also have to thank Andrew P, thank you, Andy, which is different. It's it's, it's it's not just the coast of the show. This is a different Andy. He, yeah, I'm sure he's a really, really cool dude. His name is Andy. All Andys are cool, right? That's why uh, all the toys and Toy Story li- live with them. Uh, thank you, Annie. Thank you, Arcade Shenanigans. Thank you, Ariana. Thank you, Double R, Aaron A. Thank you, Ashley. Pa- uh, thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, Brandon, Brianna, Brenda, Brittany. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Caleb. I'm glad we got our uh, our, our uh, emails situated with that. Uh, thank you, Carlo, Carmelita, KCH, KCM, Katarina, Chloe, Chris, Cindy, Clay, Cody. Oh my gosh! Thank you guys so much. We also have to thank Damien, Danielle, David, DC Hart, E Lopez, Elizabeth, Enza, Erica, Irvin, Gavin. Georgia, thank you so much. The whole state of Georgia, wow, that's incredible. Or is it the country of Georgia? <gasps> or is it a person? Who's who's to say? Who's to say? Thank you, Hannah, Heath, Irene, Jadinklage, Jocelyn, Jacob, Jade, Jake, James, Jared, Jeanette, Jenna, uh, AJ, Jennifer, uh, Jessica. I lost my place. Oh, wow. We have a lot of Jillian's. Uh, thank you, Jillian B. Thank you, Jillian L. I do want to point out that I think there is uh, Jillian L. You might want to double check your Patreon because I think you might be under two different accounts. I would double check that if you are Jillian L. Uh, if not, thank you so much for having double accounts. <laughs> thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Joel A. Joel D. John M. Uh, there's another John M. as well. There's two of them. So thank Thank you both, John M's. Uh, if you haven't noticed, I'm reading this off a different list that I don't typically use, so it doesn't have my annotations next to everything, so that's why I'm getting tripped up a little bit. So, sorry. Uh, thank you, John T, John R, Jordan, Judy, Julia, Jungle. Thank you so much, Kalisha, Candace, Kate, Katharina, Katie B, Katie M, Kayla, Carrie, Kevin, Kiki, Kimberly, Kristen, and Kyle. Thank you, Lady Pris, the most ladylike of all patrons. Thank you so much for your elegance and grace. Thank you, Lauren, Lee, Lisa, Max Squared. I fucking love that you have them. <laughs> you put the squared in that. That's so funny. Uh, thank you, Marcelina, Marcus, Maria, Matt, Melina, Melissa, Mel's, Michael, Michelle, Mike, Mindy. Thank you, MJ. I'm so happy that you raised such a sweet boy named Spider-Man. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to out Spider-Man. I didn't mean to out Peter. Sorry about that. Uh, thank you, Monique, Nate, Nick, 
both Nicole C's. There are two different Nicole C's, and I want to thank both of you. That's so awesome. Thank you, Orion, Paula, Patty, Phil, Philip, Rachel, Rebecca, Reese, the whole damn Reed family. Thank you, Rose, Rose. Thank you, Ryan, Samantha, Sandra, Sandra A, Sarah F, Sarah P, Savannah, Sean, Sean C. There's two different Sean's. There's a regular Sean, and then there's a Sean C. It's kind of like vitamins, you know? You got vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C. We got Sean, and then Sean C. <laughs> Thank you, Sergio, Shay, Shep, Stacy, Steph, Stephen the Fifth, Suzanne, Sydney. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tamara, Tara, Thomas J, Thomas V, Thumbs. Thank you so much, Thumbs. We wouldn't have been, uh, we couldn't have evolved without you. Thank you, Toby, Tori, Tyler, Will B, Will N. We got two Wills now. Will, where's my boys? They're right here. <laughs> thank you to Yolanda. And finally, last but not least, as always, thank you so much, Zach. Guys, you're all awesome. Uh, I just want to take this opportunity to really give you an extra thanks to so many of you have reached out on Patreon to wish, wish Chris and his wife a, a lot of congratulations. And, you know, it, it feels really, really cool building a community uh, of podcasting with you guys. And, um, I don't know. It's just really, it's really fun to be a part of. And I hope you guys are getting the same out of this experience as I am. Because it's great. There's a lot of mirth. There's a lot of mirth in this Patreon page. Uh, But I hope you guys have a wonderful evening. And we will see you Friday for uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Happy streaming.